0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Outside Blitz, and I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my other, my co-host, the tenacious, the Titanic, Tyler Dean, baby. Ty- t- Titanic? What, what am I sinking? Oh, no, you're just a, a mammoth
1: of a man.
2: But <laughs> Larger than life.
1: The Titanic was really not that big. I mean, most cruise ships nowadays are a lot bigger than the Titanic was. Well,
0: you would know. You're always on cruise ships, Tyler. That is true. I am Mr. Vacay. Yeah, Captain Vacay there. Oh, my Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be covering a ton of news in the NFL today. We're also going to be covering your top 10 free agents available in the uh, in the free agent market today I think that's actually going to be a pretty exciting little segment there. Uh, we're gonna be going over Tyler's top 10 free agent signed the winners and losers of free agency and in our second hour we'll be talking a little bit more about the draft but first, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to go into right off the top our winners and losers of the free agent market and uh you know I know Tyler and I have a lot of conflicting, uh, opinions on this. Um, I, I know we've got two teams that we really think are really something special. And then uh, Tyler, he just doesn't seem to agree with me on the rest of them.
1: Well, let's get that out of the, out of the right off the bat here. Um, there's going to be some biases here and there. Cause um, myself, I am a huge Baltimore Ravens fan and and Scott is a huge Vikings fan. And sometimes we get a little delusional over, over our own thoughts about our own teams. And so there's a lot of times that we agree to disagree on things, but uh, at the end of the day, purple.
0: Uh, purple, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So um, going into our winners and losers of free agency, uh, I mean, there are a number of signings that have happened. I, I Personally, I, I love um, my, my first winner of free agency. I'm going to go into that right off the top is the Buffalo Bills. Um, I love what the Buffalo Bills have done um over free agency.
1: Yeah, I do too. I I mean there's a lot of things they've they've been very active in free agency and in trades as well. It seems like they're they're active
0: almost every year. I and Buffalo they're they're kind of one of these these uh anomalies. Every year you look at the Buffalo Bills roster and you think, man, these guys are really, really gonna be something special. And uh you know, they somehow they, they miraculously they come up with like a you know, a uh, 8-8 uh, eight and eight record or a 9-7 and seven record. They'll start the the year off, you know, eight wins, and then they just tank for the rest of the season. And it's and been like that since Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: It's kind of incredible. But in 2017, they went to the playoffs. Yes,
0: they did go to the playoffs. At,
1: at the mercy of my own Baltimore Ravens. Oh, and it was not great. Not finishing the game against the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: And you don't even know how happy of a moment it was to be able to send you that text message, just laughing at the fact that your guys missed the playoffs, right? What was it? The third year in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Oh man. That's got to hurt. But hey, 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 the Eagles. Oh, don't you start. But looking at the Buffalo bills here, I, I would love to see the, I, I love to see the addition of AJ McCarron. I mean, it is a two year deal. We, we have to understand that, that the Buffalo bills are going to be in the QB market. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, uh, he's going to be kind of a hit or miss kind of player. I don't think he's going to be a starter
1: moving in. Um, he, I think he will be the first year. I think it'd be smart to uh, let him start that year, even if they do draft a quarterback. Um, I I'm, I'm big on letting a quarterback develop behind somebody. I know McCarron hasn't been a starter, um, for all of his career. Um, but he has had a couple of points in his career where he has shined in playoff games. he, had a damn good game against uh, the Steelers in the playoffs. I believe it was twenty sixteen.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep, that was twenty sixteen. I mean McCarron is he's the he's the kind of guy that that everybody thought um he was gonna be something spectacular and, and he didn't really uh pan out like I believe everybody thought he was going to. Um realistically they they reached into the bargain bin on that one they they got away with a a really good signing he has a a nice 66 percent completion rate 97.1 quarterback rating six touchdowns two picks i mean is a.j mccarron uh, a first day starter for the buffalo bills questionable i mean especially when you're going into the an nfl draft that is very very heavy in in quarterbacks um, and I think that's going to be the ultimate question with two first-round draft picks for the Buffalo Bills. Are they going to, you know, snag a quarterback? Uh, I believe they've got number twelve. Um, there's going to be quarterbacks available, and you're going to see. Uh, I think one of them at least go to them, and he'll be a first-round starter. Now, the other signings that they've made. I mean, Buffalo. They had a three-year deal with Trent Murphy, a
1: defensive end that was twenty-one million dollars. I mean, it's a big deal, but I do like Trent Murphy. I mean, it's three years. I mean, you're t- you're 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 holding on to him for a while. So I, but he, Trent Murphy's proven he, he 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 can do good work. An interesting thing about about Murphy
0: is that um, he's their fifth highest player, but he only makes seven million per year. So I I mean that that should tell you something about the way that they're building their football team. Um, and I mean, you got a guy who is coming off an ACL tear. I think Trent Murphy is gonna be something outstanding for them long term. Um he, he's gonna be something special. Um and then Kyle Williams, uh defensive tackle, they re-signed him. Uh he's he's a, a longtime Buffalo Bill team captain, great leadership qualities. I mean, great defensive tackle. He's a pro bowler. Uh, to me, this is
1: this is perfect. This is a perfect signing. Yep, and I got two other signings for you as we're as we're moving on through the winners here. Uh Chris Ivory, um, underrated talent, and he signed a two-year deal for only five and a half million. He's been a few teams, and he's never really had that full breakout since he was on the Jets. Well, the interesting thing about about Chris Ivory
0: is is he has the one big year in New York, and then he goes down to to Jacksonville and literally just craps the bed. He does nothing, and and everybody's standing here going, "What happened to Chris Ivory?" I mean, he's got a lot of injury issues. Uh, do I feel that this could be a, a great spot for him? I mean, it, it's possible. You, you, we have to remember uh, uh, Shady McCoy is still running around there in, in Buffalo. You
1: no, know, that's what I, and that's what I mean is is Ivory is a good backup. No, oh, yeah, he's a he's a he's a good utility guy in that role. And it, the problem in Jacksonville was they had uh, he got there in in the midst of Fournette getting there, and everyone knew Fournette was going to blow up. Oh, yeah. Well, and mean, sure enough, he did, and with some injuries, but he he blew up.
0: And Leonard Fournette is the kind of guy that's going to be the long-term solution there. I mean, he he's the first long-term solution in Jacksonville since I mean Maurice Jones-Drew, and and I don't think anybody can deny who, that at who, all. Because
1: who who was the cat that Ivory was was a fight for the starting job with a couple years that, back? A T J. J. Yeldon, yeah. yeah, T J. Yeldon, he, he and, turned to a bust. Yeah, he he
0: turned out to be nothing. I mean, he had a decent year, um, um his first year when he actually took the starting position away. I mean, I. A decent year. I'm not going to say he had some sort of outstanding year. He only broke about, I think it was a little over 800 yards. But we haven't heard much from TJ Yelding, especially since Fournette came into the fold over
1: there in Jacksonville. Agreed. Um, One more and, big signing I want to go to before we move on down the list here is Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis. Oh, man. Um,
0: outstanding. Outstanding signing. I loved this signing. And their defense is already
1: pretty good. Yeah, the and- Bills
0: The Bills had a, 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 a little bit... Um, uh, a little bit of a rough time in their secondary. Um, he's he's a, a big fill-in player. Um, he he's got, and it's not a huge deal. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's one year, five mil. Yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a huge deal. It's a big prove it deal for him. I mean, Vontae Davis is he's shut down, and and the guy that he's um uh replacing in that secondary, according to uh, many reports, is EJ Gaines, who who really. I mean, you you sit there and you go, who? <laughs> I yep. mean, it, it, Vontae Davis is going to be one of those guys that that I think is well, going you, to you dominate.
1: Mean, you mean Philip Gaines? EJ Gaines went to Browns.
0: Uh let's see here. Vontae Davis, Vontae Davis, four years old, than EJ Gaines, who he's protected to replace in the Buffalo secondary.
1: Well, EJ Gaines, oh, my bad. EJ Gaines left Buffalo and is now with the Browns. Nah, nice. but they yes. picked up Philip Gaines. So oh, they picked confusion. up gains.
0: Oh, okay, there you go. So it's the gains. It's all the gains. Yes. Much uh,
1: like uh, New England, who they, they have uh, both uh, the brothers McCordy.
0: No, oh, yeah, the McCordy brothers. Yeah, who can forget so, those ones? It's um, funny that
1: we talk about the Browns because that's the that's the next one here. Yes, that's, that's, that's the one I want to bring up here. Is the and really the we're, we we're calling this the winners of free agency, but we have to talk about um before free agency started. Browns just. They jumped two feet in and went trade, 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 and
0: then that's the the Cleveland way, isn't it? I mean, if you if you look at Cleveland, they every year they just go monster trade after monster trade after
1: monster signing, well, and, and for and, some and, weird and, reason, none of it pans out. And not always though, but but this year in particular is just it just the trades happen so quick. Um, starting with Jarvis Landry. Oh man, and that's kind of in there as a, a big. Signing to because Landry wasn't technically a free agent; he was going to his last year, so Buffalo di- knew they weren't going to be able to give him the money that he wanted. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do as a, as a smart GM? You trade him. You're right and, right, and who had more money than anybody going into this season? The Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. Browns. Yep.
0: And and it, I I think that the Browns, and, and I've been predicting this for years, and everybody thinks I'm a crazy person, but but I've been looking at the Cleveland Browns, going, these guys are going to create. A long-term team here. People are going to finally start recognizing that the Cleveland Browns are contenders. Yep. And and I agree. It, it, it's scary the the amount of talent they're they're adding. Uh, Carlos Hyde. I mean, it,
1: and as someone who hates that entire division, mm-hmm. um, Cleveland's going to win eight games in my opinion this year. Eight and, games. Wow. That I mean, this is obviously something that we're going to target later in podcasts as we get closer to the beginning of the season as we go over the schedule. Right, but Cleveland is starting to make a dive. i um, not a dive, but they're starting to soar towards something special.
0: Yep, and and they, I mean, it, it's not only that they're they're making these moves, um, they they have two draft picks in the first round, both of which are in the top ten. I I mean, if you look at the Cleveland Browns, I mean they they won in free agency this year, big time.
1: Because let's see, just to just kind of spout through there are some of their signings here before we move on here. Right? Drew Stanton is a backup quarterback. Um Drew Stanton's not a liable starter, no. but he's proven to get the job done.
2: Great within backup.
1: within reason as a backup. Great backup.
0: Um, I, I, you you can't you can't take away from from what Drew Stanton has
1: done um throughout his career. And I, I know you hate the Lions. I mean, he was great with the Lions. But um remember, remember the year when Stafford went down, then who's the who's the backup behind uh Sean Staff- Hill? Yeah, Sean Hill, mm-hmm. he was doing really well. Then Sean Hill went down. And here comes third string Drew Stanton. <clears throat> Drew and Stanton. everyone thought that Lions were going to lose every game after that, but right. they didn't.
0: No, and they didn't. And they they continued to play uh, uh decently. One one thing that um kind of threw me for a loop and and makes me kind of scratch my head. Well, there were two moves that they made. Uh the the Browns traded away Danny Shelton um for a fifth round pick uh Danny Shelton is is a top uh defensive tackle so they, they got a fifth round pick in 2018 for for this upcoming draft with, um, with as
1: much money as they had there was no reason to get rid of him
0: right and and i mean they they tendered Josh Gordon i, I understand what they're trying to do they're, i i i get it and at the same time it's like are you tendering
1: Josh Gordon or the ghost of Josh Gordon um but we can both agree that if he can stay off the drugs, oh, he yeah. has the potential of being the best receiver in the league.
0: Clean Josh Gordon is good, Josh Gordon. I, I don't think that's any question. Um and and you know, they, they traded Cody Kessler away to Jacksonville, which I'm I'm surprised by. Um that it was just a surprising move altogether. They trade I mean, they they had a little bit
1: of a fire sale go on of some of some veteran players. Um which was bound to happen with the amount of trades they made, knowing they had to make big contracts. So you, you had uh, Carlos Hyde come into the team that they they, they just re, they picked up during free agency and their new at least before the draft their new starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor that they traded from the Bills right
0: and and Tyrod that that was one of those weird moves I I don't believe Tyrod Taylor has ever been a starter in this league Tyrod Taylor is the kind of guy that that plugged into the Buffalo Bills he got hot and then after that nobody really you know put much stock in Tyrod Taylor I mean you don't see him flying off fantasy boards you you don't see people talking about Tyrod Taylor, and, and I I mean he he did fine for his first year, but was Tyrod Taylor really the guy in Buffalo? I mean he got benched for a game. You saw what happened when he left. They,
1: right? Did they score points that week, or they just get they did they just get really beat up? Right, but
0: the, but the guy that they they stuck in there, I mean you you bench Tyrod and you put in a six rounder and then scratch your head wondering. Well what happened? Well this is what happened. You took Tyrod Taylor who is who was your starter for the last 3 years and you benched him for a game and wondered why a sixth sixth rounder couldn't couldn't pick up the pieces. I mean I could see if you had a a long time backup, you know, sitting in the wings. Oh, hey, let's say oh, let's say you had like Chad Henney sitting in the back. Well, oh, okay. we'll we'll talk, you yeah, but you know, Tyrod Taylor getting benched for uh, I forgot what the guy's name is, that
1: shows you how important he was. And one last thing in the Browns here, uh, going to the Carlos Hyde pickup. Um, this is important because I think most people are on the same page that before this pickup happened, everyone thought Cleveland was drafting Barkley. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing because they they had let Crowell go, and they had they had a f- big void at running back. Right. But the signing of Carlos Hyde, who's still a good back. I think he had what one down season.
0: Yep, and he's but, he's thirty one years old. So is I mean, he thirty one already? I believe he's thirty one years old. If
1: I'm not mistaken. Man, that I I don't know. But well, my point on Carlos Hyde is uh, he's a good back. No, I, I take that back. I'm wrong. I'm dead wrong. He's only 27. That's what I thought. Yep, I'm dead wrong. My apologies. But the fact that he's still a young back and they spit out the money for him. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he has a three year three year 15 million dollar deal.
0: Yep, and you're getting him right until his his age 30 year which when... I mean, realistically,
1: if he plays like he did in his first couple of years, that is that is cheap. It's right. Five year about five five mil a year for a running back. Yeah. But that throws a big wrench in what exactly is Cleveland going to do in the draft? Yeah. Especially <laughs> exactly. They have two picks in the top four,
0: two picks in the top four. And, and they do have some other glaring team needs that we'll go over in, in a little while here. Um,
1: so who's your next pick in the winners?
0: Next pick in the winners. Now, this is the one that, that you and I just disagree on um, wholeheartedly, um, and that would be the Jacksonville
1: Jaguars. Mike, my issue with, with putting Jacksonville up here is um, they have made some good moves, but at the same note, um, not all of them are as glaring big moves as, say, the Browns and the Bills. I mean, the Browns and the Bills are the two real big winners. I mean, I have one other here that I'm going to – well, actually two others that – that, that I'm going to list here, Jacksonville to me, if, if, if of the five, we have Jacksonville's five.
0: Oh, really? And look at the last yeah, two. And, right? Yeah. And then the last two are going to be our marquee marquee guys. But I mean, it, you, you look at a few of, of Jacksonville signings, and these are the ones that I really want to, I want to look at. First of all, they, they exercise their march, uh, their option are Mercedes Lewis. Um, and, and I don't think anybody can, can take that away from Jacksonville. You have a guy, in Mercedes Lewis, who knows their system, he's a good tight end. He's been a good tight end for many years. To me, that's just smart. Um, and then you go down the list and you say, okay, well, they needed to bolster their offensive line, and then they go out and they sign uh, a guard, and they, they sign Andrew Norwell. I mean, a Andrew veteran. Norwell is a, is a great veteran who's, who's proven. Right, he's a monster. And, and then they go even further, and they say, all right, well, we're going to re-sign Marquise Lee to a four-year deal. Smart. Then they
1: also go and steal, to me, a very underrated receiver in Dante Moncrief from right. from the Colts.
0: And and he was great in in Indy. I think one big thing about Dante Moncrief is he had the benefit of uh, Andrew Luck throwing to him. It might be a little bit different
1: with Blake Bortles throwing you the football. But on the same note, as much as people hate on Blake Bortles, he is a gunslinger. Right. He is. He the, he can
0: throw in the he can throw when he's flushed out of the pocket. He, he can throw when he's he's being pressured in the pocket. I mean, he I, I think Blake Bortles needed the protection. I think Norwell's going to offer that and offer him a little bit more calm um when throwing the football. Uh and then they they go on on their defensive side of the ball. Well, first of all, on the offensive side continuing on that. First of all, they they go and sign Austin Safarian Jenkins to a two-year deal. And now this is one of those deals where I I see Austin Safarian Jenkins I see a guy who can, who has all of the talent in the world. I mean, the guy is, he's very, very well rounded. Um, only putting up 400 yards over in New York, but it's who's, New his York. Quarter, yeah, who's his quarterback? You know, with the Jets. I mean,
1: we're, we're, it's about we're, as mu- well, not quite as musical chairs as Cleveland, but right. I, New I think, York Jets have not had good quarterbacks lately. No, not and at surprise, all. Surprise, who, who's starting this year? Right now it's Josh McCown. Exactly.
0: I mean, and and that's something that's going to come up in the draft. But but Safarian Jenkins, uh, Jacksonville has always been a very tight end heavy team. They've always utilized they like the double tight end sets. They they've always enjoyed that. Uh, that's why they they brought in Julius Thomas all those years ago with uh, Mercedes Lewis. Which uh, I mean, it actually it it seems like not that long ago Julius Thomas was signing with the Jaguars and everybody was going Wow, look at that!" And Julius Thomas just he fell apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He fell apart without Peyton Manning uh, throwing him the football. Um, but you know, we're gonna see if if Jenkins can can complement
1: um, uh, Lewis. This is chance to prove it. He's had not so great quarterbacks to start his career. Now he's got a quarterback that can that can move the ball. Whether you like Bortles or not, Bortles can move the ball.
0: But now, actually, and and I've been talking all about Mercedes Lewis. I feel like a dummy. I'm looking down the list here,
1: and and they just
0: just released Mercedes Lewis.
1: Yeah, he he's fallen off the map a little bit. They, uh, he just hasn't really been a factor the last couple yep, of seasons. They,
0: they just released him. So so we're talking, and now it, it, it comes up to Niles Paul, who is the guy, and they're going to new- go with
1: Niles Paul and Austin Safarian yep. Jenkins. Niles Paul's on the two year deal. So, so to so- touch on that defense, you were getting ready to get the into defense, uh, the Jacksonville defense. We if we put together a top five of the defense in last season. I mean, you you know certain teams we put up there, but Jacksonville was obviously. I mean, I, top five is is being generous, uh, not not yeah. being generous enough. i um, top three, top two, maybe even top one.
0: I, I think Jacksonville's Jacksonville's defense was already great. They they had two explosive corners, and then they go out and and just when you think that that things couldn't get any more brutal when it comes to their defense, they go and they agree to a three year deal with DJ Hayden, who he's easily. Your your number three corner there. He easily takes a starting position. The guy's great. He's a gr- this is a great signing. Three years. I mean, you, it bolsters your secondary. Jacksonville will not have anything to worry about for a long, long
1: time. It'll be another year of a Jacksonville dominant defense. Right.
0: We're going to see another no fly zone
1: there. Yep. I mean, I think of games like uh, I hate even thinking about it. London. No, London. Oh, London. <laughs> Baltimore
0: got bent over
1: in the worst way oh, possible. Oh yeah.
0: And and they all they were talking about was those corners over there. Yep. That's all they were talking about. But that
1: pass rush is is no joke either.
0: Mhm. They have a great pass rush over there. And, and and they they haven't done much to add to it, but they don't really have to. No. Um the the big name there obviously being Fowler. Um just hammering quarterbacks. Um just a monster all the way around.
1: And it's funny as we talk about Juggernaut defenses, my next pick for the winners here. I'm surprised I'm even listening, them, but you know what? Every every winner has his day, and today's the day I'm going to list them. The Minnesota Vikings. Oh, my Vikings. You know, uh, <clears throat>
0: there's there's a few interesting things when it comes to the Vikings and their signings. Here's what we've got. So they go out, and they, they sign this Kirk Cousins deal, which was the big marquee signing. You know, everybody was losing their minds. And some people love it. Whether you love it or hate it, Kirk Cousins is going to be your quarterback in Minnesota for the next three years, and you're going to have to deal with it. But here's the the funny thing about the contract that people don't like, is that all of it's guaranteed. I understand. Um, Kirk Cousins is, you know, hitting his age 29, age 30 seasons here, and it's going to be, you know, people are questioning, is he worth that kind of money? Um, do I think he's worth $30 million? Eh. Up for debate. We'll we'll see how he performs. I think Kirk Cousins is a little unproven for that kind of money. That said, um, is he a huge upgrade from Case Keenum? Yes, absolutely. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, and people people are. I, I saw for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, I'll just resign Keenum. He was so good this year. Well, let me get this straight. You got a guy that was in a contract year. He's performing up to snuff. And now we're going to start talking about hey, you need to re-sign Case Keenum when he did well under for the first time in his entire career under Pat Shermer's system. Pat Shermer goes away to New York, and you want to keep Case Keenum around? I don't know about all that. You have to get somebody that has that veteran presence. He's got a, and and Kirk Cousins. He's got an arm. He's got he's a little little bit of a turnover machine in certain aspects, but I think ultimately. He was the top signing that that uh, they had on their offensive side of the ball, anyway. And he's a Spartan. Oh yeah, I know you love your Spartans over here. And uh, going to the defensive side of the ball, and and this was one of your guys that I just love, 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 love. Sheldon Richardson, one year deal. I um, know you're big on
1: Sheldon Richardson.
0: I love Sheldon Richardson. He's a big boy. He's, got, he's a big-body defensive tackle, great run-stopper. He knows how to put pressure on a quarterback. Did great in Seattle. He was great in New York. He was a first-rounder. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with Sheldon Richardson.
1: And much like Jacksonville, um, Vikings did exactly what we expect them to do, and they, they bolstered the depth of the defense. They've made a lot of other signings that aren't huge signings for defense. But but they're good enough they're good enough players to where they are good backups and good support because let's be honest, um no one really thinks about it, but every starter doesn't play every down. It's Correct. Just what it is. Yeah. You have people like Dylan Bradley at defensive tackle, they signed, and Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris
0: was one guy that that I mean, Anderson Dale got hurt and Anthony Harris stepped in just beautifully at the strong safety position. He was just incredible last year. He in you know he, he's not, you're not you're not paying him a boatload of money to stick around. That's the yep. best part about him. He you're not paying him a boatload of money. He still can back up Anderson Deo. He still plays good ball. He's a ball hawk. Good player. He's a very very good player. And
1: a, and a lot of people don't think about the fact that injuries happen. They happen a lot more often than people think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, just to jump to my Ravens for a second. Uh, a few years back, um, that the, everyone knows that Nada was the guy in Baltimore for a long time. Yeah, he got older but one year he went down he he was gone for for a good part of the season you know who stepped into his place everyone knows his name now because at the time no one did but now everyone knows he's a great defender and that's timmy jernigan
0: yep Tim timmy jernigan, jernigan
1: out of nowhere I mean, he was he's he a third rounder he came in and did the job mm-hmm. and he eventually moved on and got a huge deal but that's that that's what happens when you're a good player and and you're on a team that at the time didn't have a cap
0: correct and those are the guys that are going that are going to step up and and be all stars in this league, and that's what you hope out of late round picks, or, or third anywhere third or later. Anyway, you you hope that those guys, if if a dude goes down, if one of your first round defensive tackles goes down or whoever, that those guys are going to be able to step up, fill that spot. And realistically, they, they got away with with dumping off Nada, you know, and and they they got to keep Jernigan around. Which I mean, to be honest, they probably paid less for. Jernigan than they did than they would have Haloti
1: three years at a rookie deal
0: absolutely which is a beautiful beautiful thing
1: and then so they also signed resigned uh, Forbath um, yep. a lot of people aren't viewing this as a big deal but especially when you're, when you're uh, listening to two guys who know. What a bad kicker can be. <laughs> oh, Gary Anderson. And he wasn't even a Gary bad kicker. Gary Anderson. It, Gary Anderson wasn't even um, a bad Billy kicker. Billy Cudniff for me. Um, Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh for you. Like, oh, so that's two God for me. you.
0: Well, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say Gary Anderson was a bad kicker because he had a perfect, perfect season leading up to that big wide left that I drink to forget from 1988. Well, yeah, 19- and a lot of times you
1: can't expect it. Um, The year that Billy Cudniff missed that field goal. He was voted in the Pro Bowl. Yep, he, and, had, he had a ninety percent <laughs> um, completion percentage. But and, sometimes it's just there is certain kicks you can't miss, right? And no matter uh, who you are.
0: But I think the the ones well, there's two signings for the, for the Vikings that went under the radar. People people didn't realize how big of a deal they were. Um, the first one was cornerback Marcus Sherels. Uh, he he's their their key returner. He returns all their kickoffs, all their punts. The guy's a speed demon. Um, he outperformed Cordero Patterson for that 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 starting position there. I mean, he and he's not going to be your your incredible corner. I don't think Sheryls is by any means going to be the guy in that no.
1: aspect. Cordero Patterson, Patterson's also overrated. Oh, way overrated. He had the one really good game and actually it's funny that we that is that game it was the snowball, the oh, purple
0: snowball. Snow the, yeah, the purple snowball was fun, but I mean, it, outside of that, Patterson, he was nothing. Sheryls took the job from him, and they they re-signed him. They they put him on a one-year deal. He is getting older, but he's still fast. He's still elusive. And the other guy that they re-signed, and it was it was the one of their last free agent signings that that anybody really looked at. It was uh, wide receiver Kendall Wright. Um, led Chicago in pass yards and, and receptions last year. He was their number one um Kendall Wright's a guy that uh, he he hasn't had the benefit of of wonderful quarterback play over his career and um Trubisky again a game a little bit of a bolster I think but uh, you know he I mean Mitchell Trubisky is going to wind up being something very special in the league long term but Kendall Wright was was there to help this quarterback excel and I think that means a lot
1: no that's, that's definitely a good signing an underrated sign that could really help cousins into his new team
0: oh and, and very cheap on top of it I mean it was it was a cheap signing you 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 basically got the guy on a discount and and I think that shows a couple of things for the Vikings it shows that they can't trust a guy like laquan Treadwell to because he hasn't you know blossomed the, the way that they expect a first round wide receiver to, to excel um, and and the, there are other guys out there on their team from a receiver standpoint. That um, from a receiver standpoint that that I think that really, I mean, Stacy Coley, who is Stacy Coley? I mean, he was he is a nobody and he did a whole lot of nothing last year. Um, Rodney Adams. That was another guy. I mean, just it's like a who's who of nobodies. I think the Vikings, they they added that third receiver. They got rid of Jarius Wright, and Jarius Wright's good for a big play here and there, but is Jarius Wright really a breakout kind of guy? Not particularly. Kendall Wright is a breakout kind of guy that you can trust. He's the kind of guy that you know has good hands. He's been in this league for several years. Kendall Wright was a very, very good signing for the Minnesota Vikings.
1: So on, on that note, as we move on to our final piece of the winners, another big winner to me and Scott I'll, I'll let you do the announcement here the Los Angeles Rams
0: I believe that the LA Rams absolutely decimated free agency and in a way that nobody could have ever expected um, the way that they they made moves the way that they they I mean they got steals on certain players. They straight up stole, for example, Aqib Talib. How do you steal a fifth round uh, or you steal Aqib Talib for a fifth round pick to
1: Denver? I mean, like absolutely stole the guy. I, I mean, and what's scary about their free agency is how good was the Rams defense last year?
0: Oh, and in their their defense, it, just when you think it couldn't get better. It
1: gets better. I think you're talking about the number one defense going in 2018.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and and I think the Vikings will be a close second. But I, I mean, also the Rams, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. And but I mean, you look at at the Rams. First, that they they trade Robert Quinn away. They get a sixth round pick. They get a fourth round pick, and then they get another sixth round pick. Like, or I'm sorry, they, they traded what well, the sixth round pick and Robert Quinn for a sixth round and fourth round. I mean, you, they get away with with murder. On that, I mean, it really they they did. And Robert Quinn was going into a contract year anyway. I mean, they got away with the one on that one. Um, they traded away Alec Ogletree. They got a cup. You know, they got a couple picks for that. Um, but then they go out. Y- you don't think that they can make their their corners any better? And then they go out and they sign Sam, Sam Shields. Shields. Sam Shields, for for the love of God, you know. And and then they go out and get Roby Coleman on top of it, who is. Absolutely excellent last year and they get him for a three year deal to add
1: insult to injury. And then up front, when you think that they, they, they're they've already had this great free agency, you had Sam Shields to Robbie Coleman, but then they go and add out of nowhere yeah, and, Ndam- and yeah, Sue Sue. And, and Sue and, and Sue Sue Post Lions
0: hasn't performed. Let's let's face facts. I mean, Post Lions Andaman Sue has not been the guy. Has he
1: not performed out of choice, or is he just has he just been greedy and said, like, you know what, I got my money. Who cares? Right. And and Sue and and it was a smart deal because they signed him to one year. One thing
0: about Andaman Sue that that struck me was the headline that when they interviewed him, he said, "I want to go to the guy who is the highest bidder." And it kind of showed you a little bit about Indominus. A lot of
1: people pulled out after hearing that. Right.
0: He's clearly all about the money. Indomitian is very clearly about Indomitian Sioux. But
1: if he performs... Yeah, if he performs up to snuff... This could be a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous front line for the Rams.
0: And I think the big question comes in is if Indomitian comes to play like he did in Detroit. If he comes to play in L.A. like he did with the Lions... Does Indomin Sue still get that long term deal, or does Indomican Sue get another one year
1: whatever kind of contract? Here's my take. If he comes to play, he's still young enough, he'll he'll get a three year deal, probably roughly what he's getting now. He's getting 14 million that one year. He'll get a three year deal for 14 million per year. Mm-hmm. But if he goes and proves that he's out there for the money as he's shown in Miami, right? His next deal will be a three year deal, mm-hmm. potentially. It could be a one. I I could see a three year deal down to like seven.
0: Right. And and Sue he's very disruptive. He he knows how to he the, the trouble with Sue is he's a double edged sword. He's disruptive up front to quarterbacks and running backs. Fantastic. But he's also disruptive behind the scenes with his crappy attitude. And I think that nobody can can dispute that. Uh, and Dominican Sue has has created issues for himself off the field that I don't think – I mean, drunk driving charges and getting into car accidents and fleeing the scene and whatever the heck else. I and, think and, you- and
1: how about the on-the-field issues of um, – I mean, if, I, I don't got that in front of me, but how many penalties do you think he's committed that could have been avoided 15 yards here stomping on Rodgers, everything, everything else that he's done that has costed his team – like, as good as a player he is, he's costed his own defense yards in many – critical situations correct and and that's
0: that you know you the the big problem i've always had with Indominus sue is he plows through the line he gets up to the quarterback the quarterback throws the ball and then you have the ability to count to to three or four before he's belting a quarterback and causing an unnecessary roughness foul. that is an issue for the rams and i think the rams will need to look at that they just had the coach of the year um and I, i think it's definitely something they need to to look into
1: and my big thing on giving Sue the benefit of the doubt here, and, and not, it's not that he can turn himself around. Is I'm I'm someone who who's watched the team grow in, in my in my Ravens who that's shown that if you have a team full of veterans, it can it can dial back players like this. Like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed did a fantastic job at bringing they they made, they turned Suggs from a uh, player who had problems in college to. The now Raven leader, correct. Um, and it's, it doesn't always happen, but when you have veterans in the team like the Rams do, I mean, Talib's gonna Talib and Shields are going to be a great leadership for that defense.
0: Well, and and yeah, and and Talib is is one of those guys that, it's it's interesting because Talib has he was a, a problem child uh, all throughout his career. Was was he was a problem child? And then he came to Denver, and and suddenly Akib Talib has has grown into this this calm level-headed corner that has come to play the game. And I think a lot of that uh, had to do with Bill Belichick. And uh, one more signing just before we we head into our, our first break, one more signing I wanted to point out for the L.A. Rams um, is the the center John Sullivan, a Wiley veteran, two-year deal. Um, guy's had one injury his entire career. And uh, this guy could be something really fantastic on their offensive line. Uh, he's a true leader. he's a He was a captain with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, really, John Sullivan, fantastic contract and, and they, they didn't get him long term, given his age, smart, but they didn't exactly get him long term. And, and so if he doesn't come to perform, he doesn't come to play, then you know you can walk away from that contract and not really have to, to lose your butt on it. Uh, I agree in on that 100 percent. So uh, with that, we're going to take our first little break. Uh, we got three tunes coming up here, and uh, we'll uh, be coming right back at you with more free agency stuff in a minute. Stay tuned.
2: Your heartbeat. Remember, remember, before you forget Remember, remember, what you were made to be Remember, remember, the life that you had In the darkest hours, in this empty cell Breathing in one whisper's tell
1: Outside Blitz, Scotty and Tyler here. We're going into our next segment here, the losers of free agency. Oh, the losers. Wah, wah, wah. You always have your winners, but there's always the losers as well.
0: Always, 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 especially when it comes to the NFL. Now, I, I mean, <laughs> the, we, we've seen plenty of teams um, uh, straight up crap the bed, um, for, as I as I like to put it. But
1: sometimes um, the biggest losers aren't the ones that crap the bed but just didn't move.
0: No, no, and, and there are plenty of guys that, that just haven't moved. Um, one one team that I, I wanted to talk about for a loser, I think, um, and I, I don't know how you feel about it, the Arizona Cardinals. Um,
1: Just nothing. Well, <laughs> it's – no just nothing in signings they didn't sign anybody in major, but Carson Palmer retired yeah who i like Carson palmer i i I hate him he's in the Bengals mm-hmm. but he's done good things in in arizona but well, and the, my big
0: problem i mean if you look at at Arizona, who they lost versus who they gained they they didn't they didn't fix anything they they overpaid for Sam Bradford. They overpaid for Mike Glennon um, and, they, and then they overpaid for Glennon on a two year contract. And, and I'm just gonna say right off the top, I do not understand this fascination with with the the Sam Bradford's wooden knees and and the unproven nobody, Mike Glennon. I, I don't understand it. I don't get why 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 teams are just paying out these buku dollars for these guys when they have no business making that kind of money
1: whatsoever. And the, and on top of that, they uh went and lost their safety. Ooh. I I know he he wasn't playing quite up to snuff for what everyone expected, but he was still a good safety. And I'm talking about the Honey Badger.
0: Yeah, Tyron Matthew. He's young. He he's he's. I mean, the guy is 26 years old, 25 years old, 25, and he's 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 fast. He's a great run stopper, great tackler in the open field. I don't understand how you can let a guy as as, as uh, powerful in your secondary go. He he was the heart and soul of that team for a while, and, and he's gone on to greener pastures uh, in Houston there. I, realistically... Another great defense. Oh, another great defense. And, and Tyron Matthew, I mean, th- I, I feel like the Arizona Cardinals used him so wrong, and then they just let him walk right through the door like it was nobody's business. I think the only positive thing you can really take away... From, well, there's two positive things you can take away from the Arizona Cardinals. They released Adrian Peterson, which was just an outlandish contract from the get, even giving that guy 3.5. It, I'm
1: not even going to say they released Adrian Peterson. They released the ghost of Adrian Peterson. I was going to say, you. <laughs> I, I I know that a, a Scotty Freytown formerly would have just been all over Adrian Peterson. Oh, yeah. But and, he's at that point in his career where can you really call it a career? I mean, his career is done. He's done. And, and Adrian
0: Peterson is, I mean, he's, he hit his thirties. He he tore his ACLs. I mean, is Adrian Peterson the same guy? He did other things too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mean, well, I mean, get your switch, but Adrian Peterson is gone. Um, And then the other, the other positive thing that they did, and, and it's the only thing that I can really say that I'm really behind is they signed Andre Smith to a two year contract. Um, Veteran player, veteran offensive tackle. Um, but at the same time, eh. yeah. Is is he? A, I mean, he'll be a starter in Arizona for sure. But is Andre Smith like really just a top notch offensive tackle? Not particularly. Um, I don't. Uh, was it a good signing for sure? For the, I mean, the amount of money they gave him for the short term deal, absolutely. Agreed. But, but for for a guy like for for the Arizona Cardinals, I mean. I, I'm looking at some of these names, on, uh,
1: and, and I'm going, who? Um, and it, But one more underrated loss for them is I don't think anybody realizes the importance of John Brown. He oh, had yeah. the bad season this last season. He got hurt. Yep. But John Brown is was proven to be a great target for Palmer. And Bradford's – I'm not going to say he's going to miss not having him because he doesn't know what it's like to have him. But- right. It would have been a good target for them to have
0: John Brown walking away from arizona was was kind of an interesting animal because they you know the the Larry Fitzgerald project is coming to a close here and and here's john brown um the little speedster and and the guy is fast i mean he's just i mean he's quicker than fast i mean he's just he has great hands he's a great vertical route runner do the Arizona Cardinals really gain anything by letting a guy like that walk through the door and I think not and they've they've let too many Number two receivers that can be number one receivers walk out of the door over the last few years. When it whether it be Anquan Bolden, now John Brown, and where have a couple of them gone? And and they've all gone to Baltimore and they've gone to greener pastures. And and Anquan Bolden had a very very successful career in Baltimore. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he won a Super Bowl over there. I mean, Anquan, it's a good feeling to have, right? And, and yeah, you jerk. <laughs> but uh, you know, Anquan Bolden. Uh, he's he was a fantastic receiver in Baltimore, and I think he's gonna you know John Brown is is gonna be no different. But
1: this deal with John Brown is different than the Bolden deal for for the sense that with John Brown they they only gave him one year five million. Like, yeah, Arizona couldn't replicate that really.
0: No, I I think one thing is is you're gonna give him a one year deal. Um, I, I I think Arizona, you know, some sometimes the general managers in the NFL I think are a little too nearsighted. And I think they they don't think long-term when it comes to, um, uh, they don't think long-term when it comes to, hey, this guy, he had one bad year. He was hurt. Oh, he's in a contract year. Well, I'm just going to let him walk out the door. Well, why would you let him walk out the door? He had one bad year in a contract year. And and I don't think they're thinking about the future. John Brown has, this man is entering his prime, and he proved Uh, uh, two years ago that that he can be a number one guy in arizona and i think he's you know if if all goes according to plan in baltimore and and granted they've made a hell of a lot of signings over there in baltimore he's gonna wind up being a number one
1: and i'm not sure if you know this but the one-year deal with john brown is he requested a one-year deal yeah he wanted a one-year prove it deal because i think he knows that he can prove himself in this league still right and you don't and and it's it's a gutsy move it's a make or break kind of
0: move and if John Brown excels this year you're gonna see John Brown signed to a monster contract big money um he'll probably I mean he's 28 years old so you're you're probably going to be looking at him uh, uh Probably getting about a four, four, maybe five year if he's lucky. But I think a mm-hmm. four year deal is probably a little more reasonable for John Brown like, uh, long term.
1: Like I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but just 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 picture this: John Brown having that Jacoby Jones moment, for example. Right. I mean, even if he doesn't have a monster year, if he had a Jacoby, just a, a Jacoby Jones beat the safety moment in say the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's going to be enough to give him the deal he wants. Correct.
0: And um. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna move up to my next loser of free agency that I just think just had a horrible horrible off season thus far, uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, you go out and you lose Aqib Talib, uh, and and you, all you get out of him is a fifth round pick. I mean I don't, I don't understand how you can let a guy a player the caliber of Aqib Talib a pass defender. The caliber of to Talib walk out the door for a fifth rounder, and I'll never Rams.
1: understand it because uh, right after the Super Bowl for Ravens in 2012, they they, they did the exact same thing. Right, they traded Anquan Bolden to the to 49ers for a sixth round pick. Right, and it, like, it's what senseless. are you doing? It's senseless like, moves unless there's something we don't understand from the GM perspective, which is possible because mm-hmm. we're here doing a podcast and they're making buku boxes, yeah. general managers. <laughs> But just, there's some of these picks that just make me scratch my head.
0: Right. And, and I mean, I, I think the one the one real big – I mean, you can take a couple positives away. I mean, Tremaine Brock is a good corner. Um, Is he, is he a, a, a shutdown corner? Is he your number one corner? I don't, I don't know about all that. Tremaine Brock, he, you know, it, it was a one-year prove-it deal. He's coming off of a one-year deal over in Minnesota. And, and realistically, Tremaine Brock was a, a number three, possibly number four corner over there in Minnesota. So do I really think that it's really – you know, earth shattering, I'm not really sold on it.
1: Um, the one positive thing that the Broncos did, and you know me, I like playing Ben for the doubt here, mm-hmm. the, the Case Keenum deal, I mean, a lot of people said, well, Case Keenum had the one good year in, in Vikings, which is true. If you look at his stats, he's had the one good season. Mm-hmm. But for the way quarterbacks are going in this market, I mean, Mike Glennon was given a 16 mil per year deal. Going before they drafted uh, uh uh Winston right, but uh they gave Keenum under twenty million, mm-hmm. which is weirdly less than the quarterback who was behind him in the depth chart in in San Bradford, right. So the Keenum deal, I think a lot of people thought he'd get north of twenty million, but the fact that they gave him eight eighteen million a year for two seasons, mm. so thirty six years so thirty six million total, that, that that's a positive thing. But there is, in in a way, because I also believe that Case Keenum's going to fall on his butt and fail.
0: Yeah, He's about to go into Thunderdome there. Case Keenum has been a a dome quarterback for a long time. He doesn't play in bad weather. And then you get a a guy like Case Keenum who, to me, he's excelled. He excelled in one one scheme, and that's Pat Shermer. Now, if Case Keenum, Keenum went away to New York, and, and to the Giants and became the starter over there. I think Case Keenum would be excelling, but Case Keenum is a system guy. He is the kind of guy that's going to walk into to Denver and he is going to get absolutely annihilated this year. And and you will not see Case Keenum. Uh, I'm going to say after week nine, you're going to see him riding the bench. And and whoever his backup is, I mean, and I, really you don't know because Trevor Simeon just walked out the door to Minnesota this and Osweiler,
1: year. yeah, and Osweiler is long gone. I mean, it, and, we, and going into their losses here, I, we talked about Keenum and the quarterback losses. I mean, it's going to be a rough year for that offense, I think. It, Demarius Thomas is aging, Yo, for so, sure. So is Sanders, mm-hmm. but uh, they also lost Latimer. Yes, who I think is a
0: great player. He really is. That he, hurt. He's a, he's a wonderful player. The the one positive, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there's a different positive than than you when it comes to Case Keenum. I, I like the signing of Matt Paradis, um, to that one year contract. Um, he's just an outstanding center. Um, just very high end player. Uh, great hands. He he's been solid for them for a long time. I'm I'm a little surprised that they only gave him a one year deal. Um but from from my standpoint you get a guy like Matt Peratis that's your guy that you start building your offensive line around that's the guy you start really creating something special with agreed and and i i don't think anybody can question uh, uh the caliber player that he is um moving on to the next oh,
1: you're getting ahead of yourself this is this is this is my turn oh you go ahead you do what you do baby so this one is isn't is about much about what they didn't do, but what they lost. And that's the Seahawks. No, just take a list of the, here's the list of the people they lost. They lost Richard Sherman. They lost Michael Bennett. They lost Sheldon Richardson, Jimmy Graham, and an underrated receiver to me in Paul
0: Richardson. Uh, And yeah, and that's, Seattle Seahawks might as well just started – they might as well walked into the winter meetings and just started posting flyers, you know, fire sale in Seattle. I, it was it just a, a stupid amount of, of just great players walking out the door. And, and these are – I mean, I understand they're, maybe they're trying to make cap room. I, I don't know. But the, the amount of players that Seattle just watched waltz out the door.
1: They are low in cap, and and this is something that that a lot of people talked about a few years ago when they they won that first Super Bowl, and then there's the next year when, I'm sorry, they should have won. Yeah, yep, they should have won that, for sure. That was a bad coaching decision, but that's besides the point. Everyone, a lot of those players were on rookie deals. (laughs) Everyone knew that there was going to come to a point to win all those contracts were going to catch up on them, and they wouldn't be able to um, resign everybody. Correct. And welcome to that time. It's 2018,
0: yep. and it's fire sale. Yep, and the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, the, the Legion of Boom is no more over in Seattle. I, and and I, I look at the guys. I mean, some of them they, they released for, for little to nothing. I mean, you you just released Richard Sherman. You, you didn't try to resign the guy. You didn't try to get anything for him. You didn't try to... Nothing you just let the guy waltz out the door That's the thing that that set off an alarm to me that there's something going on in seattle i mean and and there's a few guys that i i see I see a few names that i I really like that they made signings of uh Barcavius Mingo, I think was a guy that that hasn't really gotten his fair shake he could be something special over there um uh with that defense um
1: Ag- agreed and and they've made some good signings but at the same time just that just that list of lost great players right. is just so lingering that there is a good enough reason why they're sitting here in the losers of free agency
0: right and and the losses definitely outweigh the 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 victories here i mean they, they signed Jerron Brown from, from Arizona. I mean, that was an all right signing. You, you looked at uh, Tom Johnson. You know they, And I understand they, they went and they sent Sheldon Richardson away, which was just a mind-boggling one. But then they go and re-sign Tom Johnson, and they think that Tommy Johnson, because he had one good year in Minnesota, that he's just going to be the, the fill-in piece for Sheldon Richardson. This is not a plug-and-play situation. Sheldon Richardson is twice the player that Tom Johnson is, and he's proven that over the last several years. Tom Johnson is is on the ass end of his career. Do you really think Tom Johnson is the guy to fill in there? And I, I think not.
1: Well, as we go along here, we we look at Seattle and, and a lot of lost players, but the last two on this list are for very different reasons. It's more of the just didn't move. Yeah, not not a whole lot going on there. <laughs> I
0: just it, it, a little little confusing. Um little little confusing. Uh uh I'm gonna start with the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: And the big thing with the Steelers is there's one they had one major job going into the postseason. We all knew they didn't have a lot of cap space. That that it's just not there. Right. But signing Le'Veon Bell was key. Yeah, and, and that's the problem.
0: And that's the 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 key word there is signing. You know, you you didn't you didn't sign Le'Veon. You you franchise tagged Le'Veon, and you're gonna overpay every time that you you franchise tag a guy. And, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that that Le'Veon Bell is not a, a twenty five million dollar year. Well, player.
1: I'm I'm gonna back up for a second. The first year you franchise tag someone, you're you're paying like. Average of the top five. Bell right. is obviously worth that. Right. But the second year in a row that you tag someone, that number amplifies just through the roof, and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with. It's too much. It's too
0: much for one player, and and in the in turn, they have to release a great corner like William Gay. And I understand William Gay, longtime, long time corner. He's been around for a while. Um, veteran guy. But do you really release that guy when he's basically I mean, he's a heart and soul of your
1: secondary at this point. Do you want to watch him walk out the door? I don't. <laughs> I agree. Um and, and so going back to, going to the offense here, another loss they had is Steelers' offensive line already wasn't great. No. Big Ben is going to retire early. He's not gonna make it to forty because of how iffy the Steelers offensive line has been. Correct. Letting letting Chris Hubbard go, I think was a mistake. Hubbard
0: was was a Bad loss, a very very bad loss, um, and and it, it just seemed like they were they were releasing guys. And the problem that I have with the whole thing is it looks like they're just creating cap space because of the Le'Veon Bell issue, and and that's what I'm I'm staring at is is just you know they they tag Le'Veon Bell as monster tag, and then they release William Gay. they release Mike Mitchell, they they release Robert Golden. Uh, and you're you're standing there, finding yourself scratching your head, going, "What in the hell are these guys doing?"
1: Because, because they, they lost people in the offensive line, and you you can have marquee players. Okay, Ben Bell and Brown are some of the greatest players in the position, and it, they're in, at the end of the day, in, in history, that's going to be the case. Correct. But you look, I, I look at a situation like Green Bay last year. Um, Aaron Rodgers has always had a bad line, and I feel bad for the guy. I know you don't like him, but oh, man. but. Green Bay has always had a bad line, and what has happened the last two seasons? Aaron Rodgers has gotten hurt because they can't keep him safe. And the same thing is the case in, in, in Indianapolis. They can't keep Luck healthy because they can't keep him protected. Yep, and and we're
0: going to wind up addressing that uh, pretty shortly here, actually, when we when we start entering the NFL draft stuff. But, um, you know, the the one thing, there, there were two signings that I, I did like by the Steelers. That I well technically three one was a re-signing a uh, uh, fullback Roosevelt Nix um they, they brought him to a four-year deal and and he offers a lot of run protection for Le'Veon Bell I think that's one of the big reasons that Le'Veon, Le'Veon accepted the the franchise tag tender but I mean Roosevelt Nix is is a, a run blocking kind of guy and and that's the type of fullback you need for for a. Um, uh, tackle breaker the caliber of Le'Veon Bell and and uh they they did go out and they signed John Bostic to your deal um nice linebacker addition and uh the Morgan Burnett signing um huge loss for the Packers huge huge loss for the Packers and and they get Morgan Burnett to a 3 year contract which is very reasonable given his age he he's going to be you know by the end of this contract he'll be you know near the end of his prime so it, they 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 bolstered their defense a little but like i said the the level and the losses and the the lack of movement like you said the lack
1: of movement by the steelers i think really just just railed them here and with that lack of movement um is i i love this losers list of free agency am I'm, I'm looking at it and i love to see the other teams, the AFC North, just falling on their face. Oh, yeah. Steelers haven't done anything. And that leads me to the next one. Oh, the you. The Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Oh, the Bengals. The Bungles. The, the bung, yeah, the Bungles. And that's exactly what they've become. They've become so, the Bungles.
1: So much like the Steelers, their big key thing. But in, in Bengals' case, they actually pulled it off. They re-signed Tyler Eifert.
0: And I, I guess that's a positive thing. But, but in re-signing Tyler Eifert, you only got him on a one-year deal.
1: That's the problem. And Tyler (laughs) Eifert is a very good tight end. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate Tyler Eifert. Right, right, right. Um, For obvious reasons. But the problem is, well, here's the good thing. The good thing is they they got him cheap because Tyler Eifert's coming off an injury. So it's kind of a uh, bad time for Tyler to get hurt, Mm -hmm. but a good time for the Bengals because Tyler Eifert's proven to be a good tight end. Mm -hmm. But outside of that signing and much like the Steelers, there's just no cap room. They didn't do anything.
0: They they didn't do anything. Uh, they they signed Matt Barkley two year deal. Okay, wonderful. That's that's oh, fantastic.
1: They had to replace AJ,
0: right? McCarron and, and McCarron, and 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 then you go and you say, all right, Preston Brown one year deal. Okay, wonderful. Um, and they re signed their punter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and they they got to they got Chris Baker to a one year deal, which I mean, I'm not really completely sold on Chris Baker, um, as a defensive tackle. Um, it's definitely a one year prove it deal here. Um the the notable loss that they had in their lack of movement here was, was watching Adam Pac Man Jones walk out the door. And and they just released him. They just let the guy go. And and frankly, I think Pac Man Jones he came out hot last year. He he was a good, solid corner for them. He's been a centerpiece of their defense for a long time, and I, I I'm at a loss for words as to why you would let Pac Man Jones walk out the door.
1: He wasn't making that much.
0: Well, and that's the thing,
1: you know. He's not making
0: that much, and then you're gonna you're gonna let him walk. You know, he he's been a centerpiece for your team, and uh, but one notable move that I, I thought was actually a decent move. They didn't lose much on it. That's the the best thing. And they they actually traded back in in this year's draft, um, so they could get Cordy Glenn from the Buffalo Bills. Um, which I mean, he's a top offensive tackle in this league. And, and he actually has a very, very long contract. So, I mean, with Cordy Glenn coming to um, Cincinnati, I mean, that, that's a pretty impressive move. It keeps Andy Dalton a little more clean in the pocket, I think. I, it'll be a, a much smarter move. Buffalo, in turn, I mean, they basically swapped first-round picks. Buffalo already had two in the first place, so it didn't affect them at all. They got a six-round pick out of it. And, and, um, and uh, Cincinnati got a fifth-rounder. So, I mean... It, they didn't lose much. Realistically, they they moved back in the draft and picked up Cordy Glenn. So does it help them? Yeah, it was probably the smartest move that they made in free agency. But beyond that, everything else was kind of a smartest bust. by default. Yep. They didn't do anything <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, they didn't do much of anything else. All so right.
1: we're at the we're at the end of our losers of free agency run here. So we're gonna take a quick break for one more song, and we'll be right back for a very special segment that I'm gonna be starting. Ooh, daddy. <laughs>
2: So wrong Tears on faces So young You told your words On every page Taking yourself to another grave Thinking you're just not good enough Maybe it's time to just Give up I see scars on you With pain in your eyes First to you know you don't realize More to you than just a broken brain You're beautiful the man We you're perfect like nobody else You are worth fighting for You're beautiful to me Live in a world that tears us down With a Hollywood dream we if you don't pick the box, it costs you a side Never care for what's inside How can we go on like this? Blind to the beauty that we met I see scars on your wrist, pain in your eyes Hurts you know you don't realize More to you just a broken thing. Your, your beauty's for the man worth it to me? When the world brings you down off the ground Inside you're perfect Like nobody else You are worth fighting for You're beautiful to me you're beautiful to me Why do we care what this things we are Make the greater things Why do we Care what this world thinks. Why do we care with this world thinks? We are made for greater things. Why do we care with this world thinks? What do we care with this world thinks? We are made for greater things. Stop caring what this world thinks. You're beautiful to me. You're worth it to me. When the world brings you down. Feet off the ground Inside you're perfect Like nobody else You are worth fighting for You're beautiful to me You're worth it to me When the world brings you down Feet off the ground Inside you're perfect Like nobody else You are worth beautiful to me
0: and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to uh the outside blitz and uh we are back here with our good wonderful amazing titillating Tyler Dean. uh, Titillating? Titillating. What does that even mean? (laughs) You don't even want to (laughs) know. But uh, we we are going to be uh, entering our next segment, um, what I affectionately like
1: to call...
2: Tyler's Top Top Ten.
1: Woo, daddy. Tyler, take it away, baby. Tyler's Top Ten. This is a segment that you're going to see very frequently. Maybe not every show, but something I want to do, because I need to hijack the show from Scotty here, because... He likes to talk.
0: I love the sound so, of my own voice. So I need
1: to shut him up every once in a while. So this gives me a chance to start talking. He can chime in, but this is this is my shit. So we're this for this episode, we're going to do Tyler's top 10 free agency signings. I'm sure nobody's shocked that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, but we've been talking a lot of free agency here today, and, and we are in
1: the offseason, so I hope you're all prepared for that. So this is going we've, – we've talked about the winners and losers – and we've talked about signings that teams have done. But this is going into individual signings. And these are players that I feel like this isn't necessarily the top ten best players that were signed. But there's just the, the way that these players may or may not impact their new teams. And there's some players that people aren't going to agree with. But I think that th- these players can prove to uh, be great assets for the teams they're going to. So here we go for, for Tyler's top ten. Number 10, I'm going with Austin Safarian Jenkins. Wow. I know that is a very uh, interesting pick for for the list here. Strange pick. And the reason I'm going with this is because the Jaguars have lost Team Allen. Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson are gone. That's going to be a big hit to Blake Bortles. And... I feel that, that Austin Safarian Jenkins is, is undervalued for what he's done. He's been with um, some under, not underrated, but uh, not so great quarterbacks. Yes. And I feel like uh, Safarian Jenkins is a is a big-bodied tight end. He's 250 pounds, roughly. Yeah, he's a big guy. And I think he's 6'3". Yep, he's, he's got great hands, too, actually. I, and he's been with players, with quarterbacks that has been iffy.
0: Less than mediocre, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and again, as I've said in the past, not everyone is a big fan of Blake Bortles. But Blake Bortles is a gunslinger. And Austin Safarian Jenkins will be a good guy to help move the chains for him.
0: Yeah, and and building on that, you know, did did Blake Bortles come to play last year? I would argue, you know, some games, he, some games he showed up, some some games he didn't. You know, you you were never really sure what you were going to get from Blake Portals on a week to week basis. You know, there were there were weeks like London, and then there were weeks where he would just be getting blown out. But Safarian Jenkins, but it's
1: very similar to your boy Case Keenum.
0: You're right? And and uh, Safarian Jenkins is one of those guys. It's like we were talking about earlier on in the show where you have and uh, uh, Safarian Jenks, Jenkins lined up with another big body tight end. They love those double tight end sets. Um, Safarian Jenkins has never in his career put up, you know, monster numbers. I think this last year he put up a little over 400 yards. But is Safarian Jenkins going to be a guy that could have a career explosion here in Jacksonville? Absolutely. And I, I, I actually 110% agree um, with that uh, selection there, Tyler.
1: It, and, and the thing with that is the, the two big guys they're going to have there now, because you lost both Allens, you're going to have Austin Safarian Jenkins and Marquise Lee. Those right. are going to be the two guys that people are going to go towards. And and that's going to be key for Bortles' success as he goes into – because I was one of those guys. I I remember telling you, I remember, I remember having the conversation over a couple of beers. Oh, yeah. that I thought Jaguars were going to beat New England, and they probably should have. They, they should they, have. They had a great game against the, the Patriots. And and the, the thing is, is Blake Bortles kept up with Brady, something that nobody thought would happen. And, and it wasn't just – everyone thought you'd have to have Jaguars' defense do the job, but Bortles did his job, but it's the Patriots. As much as we both hate them, it's the Patriots. And, and you know, barring some, some... – you know, uh,
0: better calls. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people have, have said this in the past when it comes to the referees in the new England Patriots, we, we will never hear the end of it. And, and that is, you know, I didn't see a lot of the, the horrible, horrible calls throughout the season, but you know, it during helped. that game, during that game, it had some calls changed. Um, especially, I mean, there was the fumble that basically should have been brought back for a touchdown. That play should have never been stopped. The, and New the England, pass interference, right, and the New England Patriots would not have been in the Super Bowl this year. So, I mean, it, the Jaguars had their number, and Blake Bortles had their number. So, like I said, I mean, this, I think, I agree with you. Safarian Jenkins is going to be, uh, he could have a monster impact in Jacksonville if utilized correctly.
1: And I, I missed my notes here, but I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go back to a point here. Um, it's uh l- relatively low risk and high reward. It's a two year, ten million dollar deal. Um, so five mil per year. If if he proves to be the uh, type of tight end I think he's capable of, that's a steal. But he could bust on you, and that and 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 then it turns into the 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 Austin Severian Jenkins experience just doesn't pan out. But it, correct. But there's a chance with the deal they gave him, it, it's in their favor.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a fair offer. I don't I don't think it's. I mean, he's not he's not an old guy. He's entering his prime really. I mean, it's prime real estate to really develop develop him into a long-term solution at that tight end position. And he's a great block and tight end on top of it.
1: Agreed, 100%. So going into number nine, I mean, you guys didn't think you'd go a whole show without one of us being biased. Uh... So here we go. I'm going to make this a, a two-slash-three-parter as of yesterday. So Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and as of yesterday, Willie Sneed. Oh, geez. For the Baltimore Ravens. Whether they deserve to be at nine, I, I will agree they probably don't, but I had to insert them in here just for the... So, going into... After last season, you, you lost Mike Wallace and you lost uh, Jeremy Macklin on top of Perriman being a, a complete bust. Yeah, Perriman, Mr. Injury. Well, not really Mr. Injury. He had some injuries, but it, his hands were just
0: the horrible.
1: awful. And we thought Eric Ebron was bad. <laughs> He's still bad. <laughs> but... <laughs> Michael Crabtree is a, is a great veteran presence for the team. He's got a three-year, $21 million deal. That's $7 million per year. That, that's a good signing. That's a good contract for somebody like Crabtree who can still play. The the Crabtree-Brown-Sneed
0: combo, I, I think the three of them together could make Baltimore something special. My trouble comes in where I don't necessarily buy a guy like Willie Sneed. Um, guy has, you know, I mean he really hasn't had much in the department of competition come walking into the door and somehow has managed to not be the number one in his career.
1: Well, in New Orleans, though, he had Brandon Cooks and he had Michael Thomas. And But I don't really
0: believe that Michael Thomas was better than Willie Sneed. And, and realistically, I I'd never thought that Michael Thomas would wind up being better than Willie Sneed, and then he turned out to be better than Willie Sneed. Never in my life did, did Willie Sneed uh, uh,
1: look like he would wind up as a number two guy in New Orleans. Agreed. But for for if Michael Crabtree, at this point, he's a veteran. Right. He's going he, – uh, is he 30 or is he 29? I think he's 29. So he's entering the back half of his career. John Brown and Willie Senior are younger. So uh, they have a chance to really prove themselves. We talked about John Brown earlier. He has a one-year $5 million deal. He has a chance to really prove himself as as the player he started out his career to be when he was in Arizona. And the thing is, is Baltimore has basically, t- I don't want to say turn their wide receiver corpse over, but they've recreated it. In a their way, one, two, and three are not the same players that were there last year. No, and and they've they've
0: recreated it. Crabtree is going to wind up being the number one over there. I don't think there's any there's a doubt in anybody's mind.
1: No, you'll um, you'll, you'll have Crabtree your one. John Brown will be your speedster because. The guy's fast. Yeah, he's the going guy's to be very hurtful. fast.
0: I mean, they're they're looking for for Torrey Smith part two.
1: Yes, and and, and I that's think what they wanted out of Mike Wallace. But Mike Wallace is in the back half of his career. Correct. I Mike mean, Wallace did the job in Baltimore, but they're, they need a young up and and they're not going to have a phenomenal receiving quarter in one year. Right. And Willie Sneed's going to be that um that flex guy, but the thing is is a lot of people are thinking that that means that Baltimore isn't going to draft a receiver. But that couldn't be far further from the truth. Baltimore knows that they have Crabtree's in the back of his career. John Brown and Willie Sneed, who have spent the last year injured, they still have to draft a receiver. It may not be in the first round because I'm not sure who's looked at it, but the first-round receiver depth, especially at 16 where Baltimore is drafting, is not phenomenal. It's pretty ugly. So they're they're talking about Baltimore trading back into the second round because because they know that that's where the receiving talent really begins.
0: Yeah, the, the wide receivers um in the in the draft are are pretty rough around the edges. Um and and I I agree that they're they're going to go out and they're going to draft one and they might get a steal, you know, second third round, you know, they might they might get something out of the whole thing. But um realistically uh you know, they they're, they're going to have to hope that and and I hope, you know, I really like John Brown. Really like him. I know you like him Tyler. I I love John Brown. And, and I think that guy could be a number one over there in Baltimore. And if he if he, isn't, if he does perform this year, that guy's going to get a monster deal, and it's going to be something really special. He's going to be the big Wiley veteran over there.
1: And two things to shoot on before we go to number eight here. Um, with Willie Sneed, it's a two-year, $7 million deal. It's very cheap. And for with uh, Crabtree and Sneed, even though they're more than one-year deals, they have the option to dropping out of those deals without much of a, of a cap hit after the first year. So Ravens know that they that, that they know that there's a chance that these could not pan out and they're accounting for it. Right.
0: and in the 3.5 per year, that, that's okay for Willie Sneed, but but that is under, I, I guess I, I want to make sure that there's a little asterisk there because it, uh, I'm okay with 3.5 for Willie Sneed as long as Willie Sneed does what Willie Sneed does, you know and, and he puts up. You know eight nine hundred yards for the season and a couple of touchdowns i think that at that specific point willie sneed becomes worth the investment
1: i i agree on that hundred percent and he has incentives that will make that up to five million a year but that really depends on what his performance is right and the one last thing on john Brown is uh with him being a speedster um everyone knows when you're, when you're talking about um joe's not a gunslinger but he has one of the Strongest arms. Oh, and, for sure. And when it comes to sp- you want somebody who can burn burn a corner. Like you're not going to be throwing to John Brown every play, but if John Brown burns that corner, you know where Joe's throwing it.
0: Right. And and John Brown and, and another interesting little tidbit is John Brown is also a, a really great red zone threat. Um, and and he proved that in Arizona. He he caught a lot of a lot of passes in the red zone, a lot of touchdowns in the end zone. He he has the ability to be a, a viable red zone threat for Joe Flacco to you know, uh, really put up some points on the board.
1: Yep, and one last note here. If the Ravens can secure themselves, which could happen in the draft, and a lot of tight ends get drafted late, if Ravens can secure a tight end to complement those three, You've, you've gone from an if an iffy offense to uh, potentially uh something that could be dangerous It
0: could be something really spectacular um you know they they do have to build on the the o line just a little bit but ultimately yeah, they did lose a couple to free agency right they lost they lost a few to free agency they're really gonna have to kind of stare toward the draft to uh to start building around that run game so they can establish the play action
1: exactly and, I, and I've been talking about defenses all night and this is this is this is another one. Ravens' defense was top three in, in defense, and I'm sure as we get closer to the beginning of the season, we're going to really break down the defenses. If we're, if we're going to need things to talk about. But we'll get to that point when, when the time arises. But going to number eight, Scotty, you're not going to be happy at the placement here. Oh, boy. I, I, I know you believe he, that he's worth talking about, and, and, and here we are talking about him, but I'm not going to put him as high as you probably would. And that's Sheldon Richardson, no number boy. eight. At number eight, really, and the reason is is he's coming off some regression, a little bit, yeah. Um, last last three seasons, his he's he's slowly started. His sacks have been down, his tackles have been down, but the reason why he's still here now, if they would have given him a monster deal, he wouldn't have been in my top ten because of the regression, right? But it's one year, eight million, and and that's
0: a, a fair deal, I think, for uh, um, a player. The, the caliber of a Sheldon Richardson. I think he's a very disruptive up front. He's a great run stopper. Um, you know, he's not the kind of guy that that you're going to be looking for uh, sacks out of. You know, he's he's a big boy. He's a, he's a very big boy. Space heater. Absolutely. He, he he really just he knows how to hammer running backs, and and that's what you're kind of looking for there.
1: And that's why I'm calling him a high reward, low risk. Is Absolutely. If if he fails, okay, you wasted eight million. It's not the end of the world. But you're not wasting. Fourteen million or fifteen million, say a, uh, sue, right, and and one one
0: interesting thing about the Sheldon Richardson signing that that draws me in a little bit more to it and makes me embrace it a little more is who he's lined up next to, um, being lined up to a a defensive tackle the caliber of a Linval Joseph, um, uh, another big space eating guy, a guy that knows how to really collapse the pocket, a guy that really knows how to pressure quarterbacks over the middle. Um he gets his hands up, he can bat down passes. I mean, both those guys together could be really, really sherry. It really, it says sherry scary. Um and and from a if you look at it from a Sheldon Richardson and Linval Joseph standpoint, you, you thought that, that um Sharif Floyd was gonna be that that uh, guy that lined up next to Linval Joseph and became something, you know, really impressive. In reality, I think Sheldon Richardson's
1: gonna be that guy. Very well could be. But he, to me, he's got to prove it.
0: Oh, yeah. And and $8 million a year is, uh, I mean, for, for a player of that caliber, it's chump change.
1: Yep. It really is chump change. And that's why it's on this list because there's such a high reward and the risk is minimal. Yep, definitely. So moving up the list here, number seven, going to the offense. Oh, boy. Jimmy Graham. Oh, boy, old Jimmy Graham. The reason I like this one, it he's got a $30 million deal over three years, so $10 million average. Not bad. Seattle just didn't know how to use him. They started too near the end but th- that first year he was blocking all the time but Jimmy Graham's proven with with breezy that he knows how to play as much as I hate using him as the gold standard he knows how to play rock style tight end well and and actually you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: contradict you a little bit here you know Jimmy Graham 2016 you're you're looking at 923 yards, six touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't think that they it it's ever a point where they didn't know how to use him. but Jimmy Graham actually regressed um um from two thousand sixteen to two thousand seventeen you you five hundred and twenty yards ten touchdowns he he got in the red zone a lot more he put up a lot more touchdowns um fantastic, but a guy like jimmy graham he needs a quarterback that knows how to hit a big-bodied receiving tight end like that, and Aaron Rodgers is that guy. Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees,
1: two elite quarterbacks in this league. I think Jimmy Graham's that guy. It's like you read my mind. Yep. So here we go. Um, Jordy Nelson's gone. He's no longer with Aaron Rodgers. People are crying everywhere, especially Green Bay fans. Yeah. Jordy has done a lot of great work in Green Bay. For sure. And they still have a void to fill even with Jimmy Graham there. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers is the kind of quarterback, hate him or not, he is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks in history.
0: Aaron Rodgers makes bad receivers passable, and he makes good receivers amazing. Um, and, and if you were to tell me that Randall Cobb would be the caliber receiver that he was in Green Bay or has been in Green Bay, I'd tell you you're high.
1: He's tr- <laughs> Cobb has tried to regress, but Rodgers wouldn't let him.
0: Right, and and that shows you the type of, of quarterback so, that Aaron Rodgers is. But they do need to add, you know, some more pieces to that offensive puzzle.
1: And here's going to be one of my bold predictions here. Oh boy, Jimmy Graham will have a thousand yard
0: season. Oh wow, that's a bold one. That is actually a really bold one. And and one one interesting thing that that makes me kind of uh, a. a I I don't think it's absolute. It's bold, but I don't think it's crazy, because when you look at Jimmy Graham and you look at uh, uh, Jordy Nelson side by side, they are damn near the same size. They are I mean they're they're both real big bodied receiving type of guys. I, I think that you know you're going to have absolutely zero problem hitting Jimmy Graham in a lot of the same routes that you hit Aaron Rodgers in, it, or I'm sorry, that Aaron Rodgers hit Jordy Nelson in rather.
1: It, yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. And that's why he's sitting there in my top 10. Mm-hmm. So going up to number six, we're talking about Richard Sherman. And he regressed a little bit in 2017 and 2016. So the contract is up in the air. It's a three-year, $39 million. So it's about $13 million per year. It's a hefty deal. 49ers know him well. They we play him twice a year. Sometimes three. Right. Just not the last couple of years. <laughs> and the thing is, and 49ers are rebuilding right now. And I, But I think they're doing more than rebuilding. I think they're, um, they're almost ready to jump right back into it. They got their quarterback. They were very uh, busy in free agency, including Richard Sherman. And I think Richard Sherman is the ideal piece to help build this team, to, to be the dangerous team they need to be.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, he – Last year, he had. I mean, he he's regressed a little bit. Um, he's thirty years old now, so he, he is starting to hit that that regression point um, a little bit. Um, still technically in his prime, but but he's the kind of veteran uh, corner that you're going to want to look at and say, hey, he's going to give our team a little bit of attitude and a little bit of edge. And and Richard Sherman has always done that throughout his career. He did that in Seattle, a lot of a lot of edge there. Um, he's a loud mouth. I mean that's that's really what you could call a guy like Richard Sherman, but
1: yeah, and you'll you'll hear me talk about loudmouths can ruin a locker room, but if you have enough of a veteran presence, a loudmouth can be regressed down mm-hmm. to to be tolerable. Correct, and
0: and when when Richard Sherman goes to San Francisco, San Francisco needs the bolstered def, bolstered defense. The, you know they need something special there. Richard Sherman he has regressed over the last couple of years. Is he going to be able to come back in in San Francisco's defense and be uh, uh, the Richard Sherman that we knew from the Legion of Boom? And that has yet to be seen. So is this? It, it's a it's a hefty deal. It it's a little higher of a risk than I would have taken on a guy like Richard Sherman, uh, especially at 30 years old. But is Richard Sherman going to be a guy that? I mean, let's say they go out and draft a corner. You know, in, in the draft, you you wind up having a veteran presence working with a new, young, talented corner that Richard Sherman can help build over those years.
1: They got him for three years.
0: Yep, and it's a, it's a long-term thing. So you're going to have him until he's about 33 years old. So does does that wind up saving the day, you know, moving forward? Is, is he going to wind up being that, that uh, uh, bridge defensive back that you want him to be?
1: This is one of those time will tell. Exactly. Situations. Exactly, especially for the price. So moving in to the top five. And this is where, I, like I said earlier, it's not necessarily the best players taken, but where I see some of the impact happening. And number five, going to the receivers, is Sammy Watkins. Awesome pick. And looking at it up front, Sammy Watkins only had... 593 yards for the Rams last season. Yep. On the front it looks bad. Why Why did they... And again, I also don't agree with the three-year 48 mil. I think 16 mil a year is a lot for Sammy Watkins. That's
0: a monster, monster contract.
1: But, and this is where I get into the impact, is where Sammy Watkins is going. He's, he's with the Chiefs now. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are going into a new quarterback. Patrick Mahomes will be taking over the season. And Sammy Watkins is gonna be a good uh player for Mahomes to rely on. Watkins has been around. He's had seasons where he's been hurt in Buffalo, and then seasons where people seem to think that he, he played better than he did in LA. But Mahomes is going to need that veteran presence.
0: Yeah. And and he will. I think a Sammy Watkins, um Sammy Watkins it's a a, it's a huge banger bus type of contract that he just signed you know 16 million a year that's a big freaking deal for a guy who has been hurt a lot of his career especially in buffalo he's been hurt um he's had and and it's not like monster injuries where he's you know you know breaking his collarbone and whatever else we're we're talking you know a lot of nagging ailments over the years um not a huge showing out there in uh, uh st louis but there were other receivers out there that kind of, you know, created uh, a yeah, difficulty with, for him with in that
1: Cooper. Aspect. Cooper Cup coming out of nowhere definitely was something that no one saw coming.
0: Yeah, I, I would have never told you that, that a guy I, like Cooper Cup would have would have exploded the way that he did. I mean, that's just blindsided completely. Um, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, do we believe that Patrick Mahomes is the guy, and and that will be the one. Interesting storyline when it comes to Sammy Watkins is Patrick Mahomes the guy?
1: The thing is, we don't, we haven't seen enough to know.
0: We haven't seen enough. We haven't, we've barely seen Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, other than than having you know a, a goofy hairstyle and a, a roster picture, I really haven't seen anything much from he, Patrick Mahomes. He
1: came in Week 17 when
0: when all was lost,
1: <laughs> and he, he looked he looked fine, but at the same time. Chiefs didn't really have much but I, but are you looking for fine you're looking you're looking for playoffs when you're the chiefs who've done playoff football under Alex Smith for a good good while
0: right when you're when you're Andy Reid, are you looking for fine yeah. Andy Reid likes game managers and and I don't know that Patrick Mahomes is a game manager he seems like the kind of player that that wants to play and and I know that that Rumors are currently swirling that Patrick Mahomes could, uh, um, you know, have another quarterback drafted, you know, to play right up next to him. If they do draft another quarterback, that creates an interesting thing in Kansas City, I mean, especially when you have Matt McGloin and and Chad Henney hanging out over there as well.
1: Yeah, and and I I think Mahomes is your starter week one, but that, that could add some more dynamic that a lot of people aren't looking at. But so before we we leave number five here, so Mahone's targets going into the season are looking at Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt, who had a great year. Oh, he had a fantastic year. And Travis Kelsey is continuing to prove that he is the next gold standard tight end. Mm -hmm. Alien blood. Yeah. (laughs) He's been hanging out with Gronk, just uh, not the same kind of partying. Right. So moving on to number four, the same kind of situation a receiver going to a, to a new quarterback who's – that quarterback is also new to the league. And I'm talking about Allen Robinson. Scary, scary, scary. All and day. Allen Robinson came off a season-ending injury at the beginning of the season in 2017. But before that, he was he, – I mean, his, his 2015 campaign is – you, you you can't say anything negative about it. He had a great great season. Not at all.
0: You can't you can't say anything negative about Alan Robinson at this juncture in time.
1: And he's going to a team that knows they're in rebuild mode. They threw Trubisky out there, and a lot of people expected him to just get buried. And while the Bears didn't have a great season, Trubisky proved that he's capable of keeping themselves in games.
0: Absolutely. Um, the way the way Trubisky extends plays and and the way he he has a tendency to th- just chuck the ball downfield. Robinson he, he needs a big bold, you know, able-bodied receiver to go up and get that football and and Allen Robinson is that guy. I mean, the the way he goes up, he he competes for the football, he's very aggressive. I love this signing.
1: The only thing that baffles me is why is Robinson getting a smaller contract than Sammy Watkins?
0: And and yeah, and that's that's the confusing part. Allen Robinson and he should be getting a monster contract. Robinson, he got a good size contract. We're talking forty-two
1: million over three, which is still a monster contract. But Watkins just blew it through the water, and he got signed after the he got signed after the fact. Robinson, those contracts should be flip flopped. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And and Robinson,
0: and this is why I love this signing. I love it and I hate it. As a Vikings fan, I hate it. Um, but but as a, a just an overall, from an overall football perspective, you see a 24-year-old wide receiver getting signed to, to a three-year deal. Guy's got great hands. And, and they have a potential out in, in the middle of the contract. We're talking right after the 2019 season. They can pay out. Uh, it's it's 28 million and it and they only experience two million dollars in dead cap room, uh, so they only have a two million dollar penalty to, to buy out that contract. So they get away with murder in the situation. Uh, but do you really see a, a, a talent, the caliber of an Allen Robinson, walking out that door after 2019? Do you really see a talent like Allen Robinson not being a bolster for the Chicago Bears? To me. The Chicago Bears are going to have a dangerous receiving core. You got uh, Trubisky there; he's ready to rock. And and I mean, some of the games I watch Trubisky play, the, the you can tell he
1: is going to he's going to be the next big thing in the NFC North. Oh, I agree. And at the end of that contract, no, I do not see them walking away from that contract. I see Ellen Robinson signing another monster deal.
0: No, oh, yeah, four maybe even five years because he'll be 27 years old at that point.
1: Exactly, and I, I agree
0: that 100%. Robinson's going to have a great career. Yeah, and, and I mean, just watching
1: him in Jacksonville was a privilege. It really was. Going to number three here, talking about potential future monster deals. He's starting to get up there in age, so I don't think he's going to get a huge deal, but two, three years after this. And let's go back to the defense. It's talking about the uh, juggernaut of a defense the Rams are trying to create here, and that's the Dominican soup. There is some risk in, in Sue has fallen I'm not going to say he's fallen completely flat in Miami. He was still playing good ball, but not the same type of atmosphere that he had when he was in Detroit. And so there, there is that risk that he's going to continue that flundering of not being great, but I, I think with the one-year deal, he knows that, he, that this year he can go out and, and prove he's a great player. I think he has the Strong potential of, of of doing that he does um and is a
0: is a great player but and and i know you and I have talked about this before Dominn Sioux is about Domincan Sio and Dominn does not care about what team he plays for he doesn't care about about anything he doesn't care about the team he doesn't care about championships Dominn Sioux cares about docan numbers. Indominus cares about what team he is currently playing for, or, or doesn't care about the team he's currently playing for. He cares about uh, being the the big money player that he is. That that's Indominus. He wants money, 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 and I think that turns teams off from handing a guy like Indominus a four, five year deal when he really he he could be worth that four, or five year deal. But he's got a big mouth. And he won't just shut up for a minute
1: and say, you know, I, I'm about the team now. And here, But here's, here's, my, here's my point is, yes, Sue is about Sue, but this is a one-year deal. And that's a good if, thing. If Sue goes out and proves that he's still just about Sue and doesn't care, his next deal is not going to be very good.
0: But how do you tell? That's the question in the day. How do you tell that Ndomikan Sue is only about Indomican Sue? Because if Indomin Sioux comes out and he plays good ball, and Indominus comes out and he plays and he he, he sacks quarterbacks and he, he causes a disruption up the middle and whatever the case may be, it, you know, he's he's he could be individual Indomikin Sue, but not give a crap about the team. The the problem is is when he got signed to the long term deal in Miami, that's when you saw the decline. Of Indominus and and that's why I when when I see this signing uh, ranked so high
1: in the top ten I, I that's where I'm scratching my head going I don't it, buy it. It's really the one year deal of why it's ranked so high is because he knows that when you have that massive deal it's like oh yeah they're stuck with you they have to do what they're going to do but with the one year deal he can go out and prove that he that he can play good ball and he can go and get himself another monster deal to eventually go suck later. <laughs>
0: and and but, the hope is is that you know and I. Do do I I do I want Indomin Sue to be better than than like for example my Vikings? No, absolutely not. But when you see a guy like Indomin Sue, it's a privilege to watch him play when he's actually
1: coming to play good football. And that's why I go back to this list is more about impact. You look at that that front line now, you have Sue and Donald. Which is scary. Think about those two at their best that could be
0: dangerous. Right. It's very, very reminiscent of the days of Geno Atkins in Cincinnati
1: when he was just a monster under Mike Zimmer. Agreed. And and, and that's that's where I'm looking at with Dominican Sue is there's so much potential for for him to help put that defense on a whole new level. And there are some veteran players that can keep him in check and I think will. Yeah. So... I know we talked about this before, and I wasn't going to reveal it for you. Oh, boy. The top two. Two quarterbacks, a little spoiler alert here. Oh, boy. Number two, Drew Brees. Oh. This is an underrated pick here. and It's not underrated because everyone knows Drew Brees is phenomenal. It's underrated because no one's really looking at it because it's, it's a re-signing. It's the only one on this list that's a re-signing in – a lot of people weren't realizing but he was really close to leaving. Yeah, he he was. He was out there exploring his options.
2: <clears throat>
1: and and they finally resigned him and this is a big deal for a lot of reasons is Sorry Scotty, but uh the defense failed him in the divisional round. For sure, they did. The Saints probably should have won that game, but the defense failed.
0: Yep. The the and and I'll be the first to tell you, you know, the Minnesota Miracle it it is what it was it was it was an absolute friggin miracle i mean <laughs> you you look at at you know how drew drew brees brought his team back from a 17-0 uh, deficit was you know it was mind boggling as far as I'm concerned with the way the vikings played in the second half they had zero business in the n f c championship I, game
1: you you texted me
0: saying the game was over i did absolutely i thought it was over I was having flashbacks and and um I love this signing. I absolutely love it. Drew Brees is the type of guy that you re-sign at his age, thirty-eight years old. You, you re-sign him to a, a two-year deal, fifty million. Fifty million. It's it's not you know thirty million, some extravagant contract like Matt Stafford guy. Uh, you know, twenty-five million is a good contract. For, especially for, when
1: you're 38.
0: Yeah, at the at his age, he's still playing at a high caliber, but the interesting thing about the Drew Brees contract to me is that this is going to give the Saints it buys them some time to have a quarterback there and what they I I firmly believe that down the line in the either in this draft or in next draft, they will be selecting a first round quarterback. I mean, whether it be Barkley or whoever the the New Orleans Saints will be selecting a quarterback, so they will have Drew Brees as that bridge quarterback once he retires, and I'm I'm pretty sure that Drew Brees is going to be retiring at the end of this contract.
1: Oh yeah, no, after this two years he'll be he'll be done. He'll be forty. Right. And but and and this gives Saints two more opportunities to win the bowl. Right. They had the team to do it. They should have gone into Philly. I don't know what would have happened if they would have faced Philly, but they have the team that can go the distance. And here's an interesting stat for Drew Brees. I don't think any, anyone really looks at this. So, the uh, record for most four thousand yard plus seasons is currently with uh, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. at fourteen. Right. But they were they were they were sporadic. Drew Brees currently has their record. He has had twelve straight seasons of four thousand plus yards. Wow. That is no one's come close to that. And, and Drew Brees
0: has, I mean, the way he reads uh, a defense is, uh, I think, a huge factor in that. I mean, nobody, uh, I, I would argue that nobody in, in the NFL can read defense the way that Drew Brees can at the quarterback position.
1: No, I, I agree. He, 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 he's also a gunslinger. The only person I'd put above him when it comes to reading defenses, and it's because I put a lot of stock in how many interceptions you throw, Aaron Rodgers never throws interceptions. No, nah. It's rare.
0: Rodgers is is a guy, you know, and, and this isn't just me downplaying Aaron Rodgers because I love the NFC or because I'm an NFC North guy. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that I believe is very successful in the Mike, Mike McCarthy system. Um, having met Mike McCarthy, having watched him break down his system, how he works, how he u- utilizes uh, his different players – Seeing Mike McCarthy um, and and the way he utilizes an offense, I, I think is uh, he, he's very instrumental to Aaron Rodgers' success. The same way that Bill Belichick is instrumental to Tom Brady's
1: success down the line. See, I I disagree with you. I, I think I think uh, in this case Aaron Rodgers has made that offense as good as it is. And now I'm going to continue to support Aaron Rodgers in the, in that sense. I think I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach, but he's not in the same levels as a uh, Belichick. I I think Aaron Rodgers has helped McCarthy look better than he is, and and that's my opinion. I know you have yours, but I think Aaron Rodgers. At the end of the day, a quarterback's got to go and do his job, and Aaron Rodgers has not thrown picks. He threw he throws a lot of touchdowns, and but he, he is. He, he reads a defense and throws single-digit interceptions every year. Right. And and
0: that, you know, it, it could be, you know, a uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers properly reading a defense and reading a secondary, or, you know, I think a lot of it, like I said, it has to a scheme because I, if you look at the level of receivers that have gone out and become something spectacular in the Green Bay, you know, offense – and and it's very similar to to um, the way they become something special over in in uh, uh, a place like New England, you know, guys are going out there and they're becoming special receivers. But would you really have told me that Jordy Nelson was a spectacular receiver in Green Bay? Um, it's up for debate. Uh, uh, Aaron jo- Rodgers made him, and and did Aaron Rodgers make him, or or did Mike McCarthy start learning how to exploit, you know, Jordy Nelson? Or, or, there there's questions there that, that get raised. Do I buy Aaron Rodgers as the amazing outstanding? I, I think he's, he's obviously better than Huntley, you know, but I mean, is, is Aaron Rodgers you know, the God that everybody makes him out to be debatable. Um,
1: See, I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers can go down as a top 10 quarterback of all time.
0: Oh, for sure. He, he will go down and, and down the line, when everybody is is talking about Aaron Rodgers and the records he sets because he's going to be a record setting quarterback you know realistically i think when you're you're looking at a guy like uh Aaron Rodgers i think a lot of it has a lot more to do with the coaching and i think a lot of the the Drew Brees talk has to do a lot more with Drew Brees
1: and as we talk about quarterbacks here we're Drew Brees was the topic here. We got a little sidetracked with yes. Aaron Rodgers. But going to number one, I think you know who it is. I said it was dual quarterback in my top two here. And that's your Vikings. My Vikings. Kirk Cousins. Yeehaw. So let me throw this out for you. A lot of people thought that – had some people that thought that Keenum was a system guy, which I, I still think he is. Yes. He's not going to go to Denver and do the same thing. Absolutely not. But I think Cousins is a guy who had an offense who that isn't very good, but was still able to. I'm going to throw some stats out for you. Now, Kirk Cousins with to me a group of iffy receivers. Iffy, I mean, and we're we're talking iffy. <laughs> and iffy running back. Yes. He had he had he had just north of four thousand yards, which was his third best. Four thousand yards is his third best. A lot of people are. Kirk Cousins is, is underrated for that reason. A lot of people don't realize that he has a lot of good seasons. He really has. Um, he had twenty-seven touchdowns, which is his second best. He had his high at thirteen interceptions, but you, a lot of that, I, I don't have every single interception in front of me, but I, I have to assume some of them were because of his receiving core just wasn't up to snuff. Right. And he had he had a, he had a QBR of ninety-three point nine. Now, you look at Case Keenum in the uh, Minnesota system, who, to me, had two, I'm not going to say top two top receivers, but two very good receivers. It was the best one to punch in the NFL. I disagree, but it was up there. And that was Stefan Diggs and uh, Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. um, which everyone thought... St- Stefan Diggs would be the star of that offense, but it was Adam Thielen.
0: Adam Thielen, surprisingly
1: enough, the undrafted walk-on. But uh, but you look at what each – and here's Case Keenan's stats for you. He had just north of 3,500 yards, about 500 yards difference, um, 22 touchdowns, five less, and he only threw seven interceptions. But how much of that can be related to the difference in receiving core? I think a lot. I think some of it can.
0: Um, I I think a lot of it has to do with the system. Uh, Knowing how the Minnesota Vikings worked their system as opposed to how the Washington Redskins worked their system, uh, Kirk Cousins had a tendency, um, especially in the system in Washington, to really throw the ball, go deep, fire it out there. And and when when Kirk Cousins was drafted into, first of all, I'm going to start with, when Kirk Cousins was drafted in the NFL, I had predicted as soon as RG3 got, got drafted and Kirk Cousins got drafted after him, Kirk Cousins was taking RG3's job, and he did. Kirk Cousins was the better quarterback, and, and he showed that. Kirk Cousins, uh, but he, they wanted him to be a gunslinger in, in Washington, and he, he you know that's, that's not how you, you get it done, especially with a, an iffy receiving core as you said. Very questionable. Um, but you come to a place like Minnesota and you look at Case Keenum, Case Keenum threw a lot of check downs. He threw a lot of short balls. He threw a, a lot of, uh, um, underneath routes, a lot of, a lot of crossing routes. He, he didn't really, you know, chuck the ball downfield a whole lot. I mean, unless you're counting the miracle play, I mean, to me, the cousins deal is a good deal. Uh, the I think the downer is that that you have the guy for a third year and it's all guaranteed, uh, whereas the the Breeze deal wasn't completely guaranteed. So with a guy like Kirk Cousins, you're guaranteeing him. Uh, I think it was 93 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to be choking up to to a quarterback that that from. Uh, you know I I feel it, like you felt like those those contracts between. Um, Watkins and Robinson should be flip-flopped. It's almost as though the Breeze and Cousins contract should be flip-flopped. Kirk Cousins, 29 years old, entering his 30-year-old season. Here we go. We're dumping 90 plus million into this guy, well, whereas— well,
1: no, it's
0: 84 Well, I mean—
1: I think there might be incentives in there, but— Yeah, there's incentives. Your you're base, you're, you're talking $84, for 3 years, about 28 mil per
0: year. Right, but you're, you're dumping a large amount into Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's a lot— of money, it's a lot of money, and and to be dumping into a guy that that, I could see it if the guy had won a Super Bowl, I could see that kind of money all guaranteed, especially all guaranteed. I think that's the the imperative thing here, all guaranteed to a guy that has not won a Super Bowl. So do I buy it? Maybe. It really depends on how Kirk Cousins responds to the situation. The Vikings are making a big hubbub about him. Do I think he's going to be better than Keenum? By far. Um, We have a little situation as far as as interceptions go and turnovers. Kind of sucks. But does Kirk Cousins make better plays than Case Keenum? Yes. Does he understand the NFL type of offense better than Case Keenum? Yes. I think Case Keenum is going to flounder in Denver, and I think Kirk Cousins could very well flourish here.
1: But when you say that Cousins is is way better than Keenum, which I 100% agree with, you're talking about a Super Bowl. And that's the the imperative thing here. And that's why I have Cousins listed where I
0: have him at number one. Right. And do do I feel that, and, and then that also raises the question, does Kirk Cousins, when you get to the NFC Divisional round, does Kirk Cousins outplay Drew Brees? That is going to be the the other big question that comes into play here. When you get to that divisional round, because you know you're going to run in the New Orleans Saints come the playoffs, does Kirk Cousins outplay Drew Brees when it comes to elimination playoff time, one-game elimination? Does that happen? You know, we Keenum don't Keenum didn't outplay him. Keenum did not outplay Drew Brees. He outplayed him in the first half. I'll give him that. I'll hand that to Case Keenum. But when the te- when the game was on the line, second half did uh, did Case Keenum really deserve to be in that NFC Championship game? Probably not. And and I think that's that's a, a for sure thing.
1: I, I can I can agree with that, and I think those top two are, are, are is definitely there for a reason. And and to me,
0: uh, and it's like I said, I I would flip flop the two. Oh, how noble of you! I, I know. I would flip flop to two. Uh, I would put Breeze as the number one because I think Breeze is the safer bet. Um, I think the think that he made the safer bet. Uh, they they made the safer bet in New Orleans than they did you know in Minnesota, uh, uh, offering that much money to a guy like like uh, Kirk Cousins.
1: Well, that's the end of my first Tyler's top ten. Yeehaw! So. So we, we look forward to more of these as we go along for various topics. So uh, what do we have next,
0: Scotty? Uh, Well, see, I'm not done with the free agency frenzy yet. Um, This is the point where uh, you get to experience um, what I like to call Freytown's Forgotten Five. Oh, I did not oh, know that we were giving you seconds. Yes. And I'm the most excited for Freytown's Forgotten Five. Um, we, we'll be coming back to that in just a moment here um, after a word from our sponsor.
2: At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yatta's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.
1: All right, we're back, and Scotty, i I got to gotta ask you, what, what is this Freytown's Forgotten Five?
0: Well, i got to tell you. You see, the thing about, about your um, wonderful top ten free agent signings is that you forgot about, about five free agents out there that were absolutely fantastic signings that I think are going to make huge impacts, and that's why I'm calling them Freytown's Forgotten Five, baby. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll indulge you this time.
0: You're going to indulge me. Well, I appreciate the indulgence, but you know the there's some huge contracts, and they're not even big contracts. These are really great signings for for good, uh, uh, a good amount of money, and and they're going to get a big impact. They're low risk, they're high impact. I love these signings, and I'm going to go over them with you right now. You see, and and Tyler, as much as I love you, man. You, you went for, for all of the, the, the big free agent signings, all of the marquee free agent signings, and you missed out on about five, man, that I think were going to be far better than the ones that you brought up today. So with that, here comes the Freytown's Forgotten Five. Number one, well, we'll call them number five. We'll count up. Number five, Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, the defensive end from the Green Bay Packers, um, look, this guy's age 28 years old. He's right in the midst of his prime. He signs a one-year, $5 million contract, 1.5 guaranteed. I mean, Wilkerson is a guy that had slight regression. Um, he only had three sacks last year and one forced fumble. Um, he could really have a bounce back year in Green Bay's defense, and, and the one big factor there is the opponents. Uh, the NFC North is notorious for bad offensive lines i mean that's that's just what it comes down to the vikings as much as i love my minnesota vikings i'll be the first to tell you case keenum had to extend plays case keenum had to be a playmaker um in in the pat Shermer system at some at certain junctures in time and the nfc north because they're so notorious for bad lines i mean chicago's had a bad line for years the lions are having trouble on their offensive line and they had um a lot of injuries on in their offensive line last year. It really looks like this could be the year that Wilkerson comes back, comes into the NFC North, and proves why he is just a top-dollar type of guy. And, and it's only a one-year deal. It's, it, it's very low risk. And and the, the Packers basically get away with murder on this one.
1: Okay, so it, the, the, the deal is, is very favorable for the Packers. I agree. He's still very young. He's, he's 28. He's had a lot of strong years. But I think we can both agree at the same time he's 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 regressed lately, but when he's on his game, he is on his game. Oh, for sure. And and the question is
0: the the question for a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson coming out of where he came out of is was it a situation in New York? With the Jets, that was favorable for Muhammad Wilkerson, and I don't think anybody can say that anything involved with the New York Football Jets was <laughs> favorable uh, for for just about any player that entered that team. I mean,
1: Nick Folk, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, Nick Folk. I mean, and Nick Folk wasn't even there really last year. I mean, it, the New York Jets are a a obviously, I mean, very obviously rebuilding ball club. So so, was it favorable for Wilkerson? Eh, debatable. Um, moving on to number two. I mean, let's – or number four, rather. This guy is is somebody that I couldn't believe is gone from Arizona. That's Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. Um, only 25 years old. One year, $7 million, 6.5 guaranteed. It's a prove-it deal. One-year deal, really? A one-year deal, $7 That's – yeah, and, and six point five of it's guaranteed. So I mean, he's getting his guaranteed money. Um, the Texans they fill a huge, a huge spot at safety that they needed with a, a guy that's a run stopping pass rush, pass rusher type of safety.
1: This sounds more like a like a prove it deal.
0: And and that's what it is. I think. I think Tyron Matthew at twenty five years old, you give him that prove it deal. He turns twenty six. Let's say he comes to perform this year. I mean, we do know that that he is injury prone. Tyron Matthew has only played a full 16 games one time in the last five years, and that was 2017, based on injury issues. So do you take Tyron Matthew and say, this is my permanent safety in Houston? You know, the Texans made a very strong move. This is a favorable contract for them. It looks, you know, and I think a lot of it had to do with 6.5 guaranteed. So I think that's what you sold Tyron Matthew on.
1: And yeah, he 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 continues to stack that defense. He really does. Like the Texans' defense is one of those defenses that we've been talking about all night. Is going to be a juggernaut defense. Just just for me, he hasn't fully met his full potential. No, not at
0: all. And and that a lot of that might have to do with being in Arizona for for a while. Arizona is not notorious for having great defenses. It is something that stands out to me. Um, I think Tyron Matthew is going to really bring a, a, a brand new dynamic uh, to the Houston Texans defense that that hasn't been seen before from their secondary um, in quite some time. Uh, moving on, you, you've got um, my next number three, Kyle... Fuller.
1: Still very young.
0: Young, young, young. And and you know, this was a smart signing. This this is a smart re-signing by the Bears. I mean What's his contract? Four years, fifty-six million. Um, but here's the kicker. I mean, it sounds like a big monster contract, but but there's only eighteen million guaranteed. Um, and the whole deal is backloaded. So um, you know, you, you got a backloaded deal. He's gonna make six point five the first year, thirteen five the second, seventeen five the third, and eighteen five. Um, only 18 million guaranteed. They could drop him at any time to save a boatload of money. I mean, from if we're we're talking a, a realistic sense here,
1: Fuller is worth the 18 million. And, and no, we, I, I I agree on this one. He he's he's proving, and, and this is another one of those re signings, re
0: signings, and and the way they did it, they they gave themselves an out. That's that's the most beautiful thing about this Fuller. He, he is a great tackling corner. Fuller hasn't completely proven himself in zone or man coverage. He was good last year. Was he phenomenal? And eh, it's up for debate. But Kyle Fuller is a great, great signing for the Chicago Bears. It's a great guy to have in your system. Uh, he had two interceptions last season. He had 61 tackles for a, a corner. That's that's quite a bit, and he had 22 passes defended. Um, he's only 26. So, uh, do do you really balk on a guy like Kyle Fuller? Do you do you take the opportunity of him going out into the free agent market as an unrestricted free agent, and and signing with with another team? If no, I'm the Chicago I, Bears, I, I
1: agree with the with the four year deal on him. Right. It, it might be a, a little heavy on on, the, on dollar value at 14 mil average, but is he worth 10 or 12? Yeah, I think he has a lot of uh, potential to to be the Bears' next. Number one corner. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a little
0: dollar heavy if you, if you look at it, the full contract. But the, I think the big thing here is the way it's backloaded. 6-5, 13-5, and then in that second year, they give themselves an out. If Kyle Fuller doesn't play to his potential, they give themselves an out. So, so in the end, you're really only paying the $18 million you guaranteed to the guy and call it a day. You've given him his money. He and and you don't have a lot of dead cap space. It's a smart move by the Bears, and and this this contract it, it was almost like a prove it deal in in year one, and now he's he's really going to have to to uh, show that he's worth that kind of money. It, it's just it's a smart contract. Um, moving forward into number two, you're looking at Malcolm Butler, <laughs> uh, the corner from the Tennessee Titans. Um, originally coming from the New England Patriots, uh, signed a five-year deal with a six-year option. Um, the Titans, they 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 gave him a contract. the The guy's 28 years old, so he's entering his prime, really. And and you gave him a five-year deal, which was smart. You're gonna get him. Uh, uh, they they give an uh, they they have an option with this contract where they can opt out after year three. Um, and, it, and it comes to a $36 million uh, buyout.
1: And I don't think they're going to opt out.
0: Like, no. Malcolm if, if,
1: Butler's coming off a—I uh, shouldn't say coming off, but he had a great season in 2017 with the New England Patriots. It was a career year. He should have been playing as the starter in the Super Bowl. I and mean, Everyone remembers Malcolm Butler from the Super Bowl a couple years prior when they won against the uh, CLC Hawks. Yep, and that was his big claim to fame there. Um, and it's I wouldn't say it's his biglin that's his big moment, but it's not like that's the only thing he's ever done. He's been a great corner for the Patriots and the fact that they let him go for just the reasons are through the roof on what happened but it's it's ridiculous that Bill Belichick let him go. yeah and, and Bill Belichick's one of those guys you know
0: I understand Bill Belichick he doesn't like any sort of nonsense on his team. Kudos to him wonderful great job billy but at the same time you have no corners let's just face that fact you have no corners in new england right now and malcolm butler was your guy you let him walk and it showed that you could not get the job done in the super bowl when you let uh uh, the the philadelphia eagles put up 40 plus points now malcolm butler would he have changed the complexion of that game i believe so but that's neither here nor there with the tennessee titans He's going to get his, his, uh, uh, his just due, $61 million, 24 guaranteed. Um, I mean, he's considered by and far one of the best quarters in the game. He had 60 tackles last year, two picks, three forced fumbles, um, and he played all 16 games for the last three years, and I think that's a huge factor for Tennessee. Um, they've had a hard time finding healthy corners in their system. So Malcolm Butler is, is the kind of guy that I really think is going to be a huge factor for their defense moving forward. And, and really, you know, they they have a six year option, you know, some corners just don't age. I I remember for the longest time, Darrell Revis was that guy that, you know, it seemed like he just was not aging Darrell Revis was kind of an animal of itself in himself, you know, but. You know, this guy, Malcolm Butler, you could very well see, and and I know it's a tall order, but you could very well be seeing the second coming of a Darrell Revis where a guy ages and he gets better with age. And if he does get into that six-year option, you're talking a 33-, 34-year-old corner that is still playing at a high level. Malcolm Butler, he's got a few attitude problems, but are you happy with this signing? I mean, if I'm the Tennessee Titans, I'm, hap- yep. yeah, I'm happy with $12.2 million a year for, for a corner that's... I, I, agreed 100%. And,
1: and the thing is, is, he's coming into the Titans at a time to where... I don't want to say the division's up for grabs. I mean, with Watson healthy, that's Houston's division to lose. Right. But let's not forget that the Titans are on the rise right now, so they, they can make some noise in that division. But also, there's also the Colts. I know there's a big question mark when it comes to Andrew Luck. But that division, are we going to call it the best division in football? No. No. Not, not, have, not by a long shot. Uh, I
0: don't think anybody's calling that, that division the best division but in football. But could
1: it be the most competitive division in football?
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And and that's what makes, I, I, I that's what I think makes that division the most exciting.
1: Because I, I didn't even mention the Jaguars, who are, who are the Bions' favorite. Right. You have, the, you have the Jaguars, you have the Titans on the rise, you have... You have Colts who are working through some issues, but if Luck's on his game and he's health—I should say—if he's healthy and they can protect him, that's Colts division. But then you then ha- then you have Houston and then you have Jacksonville. I'm, and I'm looking whole division forward. Is-
0: I'm looking forward to the big showdown in that division between Houston and Indianapolis. But I, I believe that the Tennessee Titans, especially with Mariota, I, I think that the Tennessee Titans are, are looking to stake their claim. As the leaders of that division and and get themselves involved in a little more playoff
1: football than what they have been, but all those teams are going to be playing from behind as a wild card team if they can't topple right. Jacksonville.
0: Right, and that's that's the big the big question mark. Can you beat that Jacksonville defense? But a team that I think can beat the Jacksonville defense in spite of the pieces that they've lost, and this is my number one of my forgotten five. I bet it's somebody I almost put in my top ten. I, th- I think it's somebody that you're really, really going to hate. Um, Jordy Nelson, um, wide receiver, Oakland Raiders, um, coming from Green Bay. I think the big question when it comes to Jordy Nelson is simple. Can he be a successful wide receiver in the NFL with a quarterback that is
1: not Aaron Rodgers? And if he's not, my point about Aaron Rodgers being who he is is proven.
0: And yeah, and I, it could be. Can he be that that guy? Can Jordy Nelson be the guy with Derek Carr that he was with Aaron with Aaron Rodgers? So
1: we've talked. I love Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is the next great thing when it comes to quarterback.
0: And he could very well be. The guy's
1: got a great arm. He he got hurt in twenty in twenty seventeen, but but uh, as Derek Carr. But going back to Jordy Nelson. He missed the entire 2015 season with his ACL tear,
0: which was miserable.
1: Well, good for Vikings. Well, well, really, it didn't because Vikings didn't do anything.
0: No, we we still didn't do much.
1: But uh, it was good for the Lions, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, it was.
1: But uh, he he had the week. Uh, 2017 was not so great for him. He had some injuries, but it was mostly due to the Aaron Rodgers going down. Correct. And but and here's my thing with Jordy Nelson. Um, he could very well be the piece that Derek Carr needs opposite of Amari Cooper.
0: and, and he could be um, my, my big thing about that is is Amari Cooper regressed so drastically last year and and I don't think anybody saw that coming. He and had he had a good year in his year one and
1: Derek Carr missed games too so that's part of it but not all of it.
0: Not all of it no I mean if it, you know it's it's kind of like I, I, when I think of a great receiver when I, when I think of a guy who is great, as a as a ball catching receiver, I look at a guy and I say Randy Moss. I say a Jerry Rice. I say a Chris Carter. I say a guy who performs well
1: with whatever quarterback he's given. And, and if you're looking at modern receivers.
0: Yep, modern receivers, you know, a guy like you know Amari Cooper has not performed well with the quarterback that was handed to him. You know, Amari Cooper has not performed I mean Derek Carr goes down. Amari Cooper gets handed nonsense. And does Amari Amari Cooper come to play? I don't believe that Amari Cooper came to play. Now, can Jordy...
1: But that's why I put somebody like DeAndre Hopkins as a potential history-making receiver because he's gone through the corral of receivers or corral of quarterbacks and has been at the top of the league every year.
0: Right. And, And can Jordy Nelson open it up? I mean, it's a possibility. But is Jordy Nelson right now at this stage in his career... At 32 years old, uh, you know, with a, a recently torn ACL, he had quite a bit of, a, of a regression last year in spite of playing 15 games. I mean, I understand he he was dealing with Brett Hundley, but as I said before, you know, does Jordy Nelson, uh, can, can he prove that he can play with any quarterback? And I don't know that he can play with any quarterback.
1: If, if he can bounce back. Oakland's going to be dangerous. Absolutely. He's a, he's could, a true banger or bust type of player. If he can bounce back, I go back to at the beginning of 2017, I was wrong. I had Oakland as my Super Bowl pick. I think a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. But things went wrong in Oakland. I think part of it can be blamed on Del Rio. part A lot of it can be blamed on injury and regression. But if Jordy Nelson can be the dangerous receiver he was in in Green Bay, and Gruden can be the type of coach that a lot of people knows he can be look out for the Raiders absolutely and and that that
0: contract two years 14 point two million uh, 6. four of its guaranteed um, they do have a one-year buyout uh, it, and they'll have to pay 7.2 after year one to buy it out so they're not losing a ton um, but it, it does create a good amount of dead cap space for them uh, it creates about um, uh, uh probably about a little under a million in in dead cap space. So I mean it it's not horrible, but if Jordy Nelson doesn't come to play in year 1, they've they've wasted a year and and
1: taken a big risk on a receiver that just didn't have it. And that's more and they they're taking that risk because they they've deemed Jordy Nelson a, a better asset than the Michael Crabtree, which they're probably right, but you never know.
0: Yeah, and and I don't know that that's true. I you know and Michael Crabtree has been a, a, a receiver that has played with different quarterbacks all throughout his career and proven I mean, well, yeah and he's done well he's he's put up I mean for for a guy who's played with with different quarterbacks and Kaepernick and, yeah Kaepernick and and he played with Alex Smith who was who was really rough under um, under Singletary system I mean Crabtree still came to play consistently so. I, I would tend to think at this juncture in time that Crabtree is more consistent than Jordy Nelson, but I would love to see a guy like Jordy Nelson excel with Oakland under Derek, you know, under a Derek Carr uh, run system with, as quarterback. I, I Derek Carr could very well be the catalyst that that kind of proves that Jordy Nelson is the real thing and that this just isn't some sort of pony show. Um, now... Moving on, we're we're looking at uh, our final part of our free agency part of our show. I know we've been going on and on about this stuff. We have our um, top ten free agencies that uh, free agents that are still on the board, um, and and it's incredible to me that there's some of these free agents on the board at this point, at this stage of the game. We're talking two days before draft time, and we're over here scratching our head, going, "Why are these guys still here?" Um,
1: I have some reasoning for
0: some, but. some have, have good reasons, but I mean, I mean, one of them, I, I look at one of them and I see a late release, you know? So I mean, yeah, I, that's part of it. Yeah. And, and then I see a couple of them and I'm going, wait a minute, these guys are all stars. And one of them I think is an attitude, but, um, going into our top 10 left and I, I'm going to start from the, just the bottom of the list, um, starting at number 10 and, and Tyler and I have discussed these before.
1: um, Number ten is Demarco Murray. Um, the reason for him, though, and I like Demarco Murray more than more than you do. No, yeah, absolutely. But the reason that he's still on the board, but the the thing is, he's 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 been proven. He's he's shown he he can still play, but. What's the what's what is the age for running back regression? Age thirty. Age thirty mm-hmm. and DeMarco just turned thirty. Well, I think
0: another big factor about DeMarco is he just turned thirty years old, but he's also so injury prone. You know, we've seen DeMarco have just knee issue after knee issue after knee issue. And and you you sit there and you go when is this guy gonna gonna figure things out? And and obviously the Titans cut him because they have a great runner in Derrick Henry, who who realistically he's the future of that
1: franchise in that and, backfield. and, and that always was the case because they picked up the Murray the same year they drafted Henry. It was it oh, was right. always going to happen,
0: right? And it's a big money saver for them to to let Murray walk, um, and it's it's sad to see, but, but Murray could be a, a very, very, um, special running back in this league for, for any team who, who is in need of one. Um, and right off the, just off the the top of my head, the place he should be going. And I, I don't believe that I would like to believe that the San Francisco 49ers are not completely out of their minds with the players that they're picking up, but I'm hoping to God, for their sake anyway, that they're not putting so much stock in Jarek McKinnon as as their number one there. You have to look at a guy like DeMarco Murray at this point in time, if you are the San Francisco 49ers, and say, Jarek McKinnon is not the
1: guy. I believe DeMarco Murray should be the guy. See, I got two teams here. That I think he could go. That it's not the 49ers. No, who do you got? I got the Giants. Who I think, which I think I know, I know you're considering because they have nobody. The the Giants I'm considering. I mean, Orleans
0: Darqua is is clearly not the the number one guy there. But I'll I'll get into the Giants
1: running back situation in a little while here when we start talking about the draft. And, but and the other team that could pick him up is they just let go of their quote unquote all star running back is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Tampa, good old Tampa. I mean, and that could be a good landing spot for Demarco, um, over in Tampa Cause, Bay,
1: because Doug Martin is
0: gone, long gone, um, over with Oakland. Speaking of uh, speak of the devil, um, and and Oakland seems to be pretty content with with old Doug Martin. I would be too after the the failed Marshawn Lynch experiment,
1: but. I wouldn't say it's failed, but I think they're going more of a, a split-back system, especially with Marshawn being older now. And
0: I don't think Marshawn, you know, with, with all of his years off, he had, what, a year off, two years? Two. Two years off, Marshawn Lynch is not the Marshawn Lynch that he was over in Seattle, and I think Pete Carroll's system catered to a guy like Marshawn Lynch who was very power-run oriented. So does a guy like DeMarco Murray fit that system? Absolutely, he fits. Uh, um a system in in Tampa Bay, um, and and he's got the speed, he's got the quickness, he's got the size. I think Demarco Murray could be the guy. It's just a matter of health. Yeah. So, he it's the type healthy. of
1: back I thought would go to Detroit, but they end up going with with uh, Blunt over there. Right, and and Detroit kind of needed that power runner. So, so going up the list at number nine, yeah, you you're talking about a young safety in Trey Boston. Trey
0: Boston, good old Trey. Um. Good strong safety.
1: I like him a lot, but I can see why he's still on the board in some sense. As a young, but at a young age, you're shocked he's still there. Yep. But he has underperformed.
0: He has underperformed, and and um, you know, there's there's been all kinds of hoopla about about this guy. He's only 25 years old. Um, he, he's a great tackling sa- uh, safety. Yeah, uh, I like him a lot, and and for some weird off the wall reason. Uh you know, the, the Chargers um the, the Chargers believe that they have a guy that, that can replace Trey Boston on their team. And I, I'm just going, And eh, I don't see anybody
1: on your team. So teams I'm looking at picking up some like Trey Boston. Like, so spoiler alert there are four safeties on this list. Mm-hmm and I have five teams that need safeties. That, right. At least on my end here, I got the Cleveland Browns, yep. who have the cap. Well, all, all five of these teams have the cap to do it. Yeah. So you have the Cleveland Browns, the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Jaguars. Could If the Jaguars can get themselves a nice young safety, that just continues to just make their defense just shut mm-hmm. right. down. Um, I'll, I'll add
0: a couple of teams to that because there are teams that, that need uh, a strong safety like Trey Boston, um, and and we're talking the Oakland Raiders and we're talking the the New York Giants. Um, both teams definitely have a need in the safety department, especially for a young one. And that's that's the kicker about Trey Boston. He's 25 years old. He's coming off a career high in tackles. He had 79. He had a career high in pass breakups. He had eight. He had five interceptions with the Chargers. I mean, the the guy's coming off of a career year. And the fact that you let a guy, a 25-year-old safety, coming off a career year, just waltz out the door and claim that you got one in the wings, that's the mind-boggling thing to me. So I'm, uh, I'm interested uh, to see what the
1: Chargers are doing. And, and my own, my only issue with the two teams you mentioned is just the, the cap just isn't there. Right, right. And, and I,
0: I think with, with the Giants... The Giants have a little more wiggle room than the Raiders, especially because the, the Raiders made more signings, um, and and the Giants just, you know, let go of Dominique Rogers cromartie off of his large deal, um, but Trey Boston, he's the kind of guy at that age you're looking at long-term, five, six, you know, years down the line where you're going, this guy is
1: going to be a face of our franchise. Agreed. And. I think there's a lot of teams that could still sign him. Like I said, there are three other safeties that could also do the job. Done. And speaking of safeties, the next one this list at number eight um, is also a safety here. But my issue with him is his age, and it's Tavon Branch. Yep, that's the next one. Branch is, I mean, being 31,
0: he's gonna start regressing. Um, You know, he he's played with the Chiefs. He's just leaving Arizona now. He's fast. That's that's a the beautiful thing about him. He's just fast.
1: But at any point, his speed could just die away. Yeah. At thirty one, that's when stuff starts to happen. Right. Right. And um, you know, last season,
0: I, I think the big reason the Arizona Cardinals are letting him go is because of the torn ACL that that he suffered back in November. Um. You know he he's played double digit games just once in the last five seasons, so that's another big factor. A lot of injury issues there. Um, You know he has he has a good career average as far as tackles. He is five point eight per game, but you know and he piled up sixty nine tackles in five games for the Cardinals last season. But he's just so injury prone, and at his age, it's not going to get any better. He's going to have to really saddle up and and you know he's having a tough time attracting any sort of interest in the open market
1: at this point in time. And I think the potential for him is you're not going to get a You're not going to get a team that's rebuilding to grab him. Right. It's just not happening. So there are two teams in my head that could grab him as somebody that could be a uh, veteran guy for the defensive back system for whatever team. And that's the Jaguars and the Patriots. Right.
0: And, And the Jags and the, and the Patriots could, could be interested. Um, I mean it's it's going to be a, a long road back for a guy like you know Branch to to really show uh uh what he's capable of. Um teams are not going to put that much stock in him because of his age, because of the the injury issues. They're not going to give him a big deal. He's going to get a one year prove it deal. Hey, show me you can stay healthy and then I'll keep you on my team. But you know, it, it's really a, a questionable thing. Uh, But Branch is, is one of those guys that, that I don't necessarily, uh, he's, he's the one of the top 10 for sure. But am I going to choke up 7 million or 5 million a year the way that, that they did for a guy like the honey badger? Probably not. Um, Moving up the list, we're going to the offensive side of the ball here. Um, I love this guy and uh, not just because of his hot wife. But because of uh I know who you're talking yeah, about now. But just because of of the caliber of receiver he has become over the years, Eric Decker. Eric Decker is still just hanging out um on the board. He's thirty one, big bodied guy, puts up consistent numbers. Um and, and but you're gonna hear that hear this a lot from me, but age. Age, you know, and age, you know, when you hit that 31 age, it's not the end-all be-all. Um, is is Eric Decker a good, solid, plug-and-play kind of guy? Yeah. I, I think he's going to stick around in this league for a long time. He's got, uh, I think he's got probably about another seven, eight years on the, of tread on the tires. Seven, eight years? You're,
1: you're talking him playing until he's 39? 38, 39 years old. I mean, and he plays good you, ball. You he's, have a lot of confidence in a guy like Eric Decker. I mean, I like Eric Decker, but... I think he's starting to regress. And you know,
0: from uh, from a, a strictly a, a regression standpoint, I mean, let, he's still putting up decent numbers. Um, you know, 2013 onward. I mean, you're looking at let's see, 1,027 yards. He got injured in New in New York, and he got injured in Tennessee. So the injury Tennessee, you know, he put up 563, and and he was hurt. For a good amount in Tennessee, he didn't miss any games, but he was still injured. Uh, put up five sixty-three yards, one touchdown. Probably out there as a distraction, just yeah. to throw defenses off. And so, is is Eric Decker really um, regressing? Was he just not a fit in Tennessee? I don't think he was a fit in Tennessee. He was obviously a fit in New York, and he still managed to put up one thousand twenty-seven yards with Geno Atkins under center.
1: And I think if we're talking about teams where he could end up, there's there's a lot of talk. Demarius Thomas and Mm -hmm. Sanders, they're really rallying for him to come back to Denver. They really do want him to come back to Denver. And 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 here's the thing is, people don't realize that this is a big deal, but his family, he never moved his family out of Colorado. Right. And that matters. That that does. He has kids that have been growing up there, they're starting school. He's at the, he's in the back end of his career. I, he's he's definitely not playing seven eight years, Scott. I'm sorry, <laughs> but but I'm sorry, but he's gonna sign a two three year deal, but he's not gonna uplift his kids when he already hasn't when he's when he, when he went to New York and Tennessee when his he left his family in Colorado.
0: Well, and Eric Decker has made it very vocal. He is interested in returning back to Denver. This could be the place he goes.
1: Um, I know the Ravens are interested in him. At uh, well, I think a, I think the Ravens slightly. are out of the uh, Decker and. Bryant's uh, sweepstakes after they uh they, they do the contract for uh, Sneed Willie Sneed yep and and I know I know Decker has been
0: really pushing um in a, for a return to Denver um you know he and he's been talking them up big time you know he said they they were the the one of the best uh, organizations in the NFL and he loves the community over there so will Eric Decker return to a place like like Denver that, that has yet to be seen I think he could be a great compliment to um, a number of the uh, 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 players that are currently in that system. So, you know, we, we could see Eric Decker coming out in the long run um, to Denver once again. Agreed.
1: And going up the list here, we move to defense again. We're mostly talking about safeties, but still in the defensive back era, though, we go to a aging, aging guy in – Dominique Rogers Cromarty. Mm-hmm. He has been very good and has proven that age is just a number. Right. But he is regressing a bit. Dominique Rogers Cromartie is one of those alien
0: blood kind of guys I like to talk about. He is aging, but he's still performing. He's still a number one. He was a number one in the, with the New York Giants. In the
1: first year, but the last season was was uh, a
0: Janoris Jenkins year, and I understand that. But Dominique Rodgers Cromartie is the perfect compliment. He knows how to read quarterbacks. He knows how to read offenses. He knows how to pick off the ball. He 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 is the corner that you want, and you're not going to give him a huge contract at 32 years old.
1: And this is why I see him going to a team that is ready to win now. He may and the two. He may not be the starter all the time, but it's, it's it's two teams where he can go there and be the veteran presence. And I'm I'm listing Green Bay and Jacksonville here. Uh, it, you could.
0: Uh, Jacksonville is one team where I don't I don't think he's going to end up. You have two great corners there right now. You're not touching Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's not going to not going to mess with that at all. But when when I think of a team that really could use a corner and. People people don't realize this is Minnesota just lost a ton of corners over there and Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie in a place like Minnesota could work out. They just lost um, uh, veteran presence over there in Terrence Newman. Do, do you bring in a guy like Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, do you think, to go alongside Xavier Rhodes and really bolster that secondary? And I think you do.
1: They have, they have the cap.
0: They do. They do have the cap space. $24 million in cap space still hanging around. Do you bring him in? I think you bring him in on a two, maybe three-year deal, and you got a great corner for a long term. But it really depends on what they do in the
1: draft. Um, I oh. think a lot of these players are going to be post-drafted because the draft can be so wild, so it's going to really depend how that goes. Yep, and, and guys that,
0: that you're talking about um, when we're talking about uh, secondary, I think you're talking Navarro Bowman. Um, he's still on the board. Weirdly enough,
1: I I don't understand why a guy like Navarro Bowman is still hanging out. I think it's because so he's still young. He's he's still he's twenty nine. So he's still he's barely on the uh, front half of his career. Right. but He's still there, but but the issue with him, I think, a lot of people are don't have a lot of stock in him because San Fran was bad the yep. last two seasons. Yep. And so every, everyone that was on that team is just viewed as negative. And, but, Bo- but Bowman is still playing at a, I mean, he did dip in his last season, last season in 2017, but he's still able to play at a high level. Right. And, and Bowman
0: right now he's, he's generating interest from the Cleveland Browns, uh, Carolina and Oakland. Does he, I mean, and I think he's going to wind up being a post-draft kind of guy. Oakland is in the market for linebackers, just linebackers as a whole. Inside, outside, they're they're interested in linebackers. I think they've got a couple on their list. Um, You're going to see, and we're going to talk about those guys very shortly here, but Navarro Bowman, does he go to a place like Oakland? I think that's probably where he's headed. He's a really hard-nosed guy. I think he winds up in Oakland, and he does wonders over there for them, and he he fills a a very... um, uh, a very uh, uh, huge hole for them in their defense,
1: and and I had a list of two teams there. Oakland was one of them. The other one was the Colts. The Colts have the cap space, and their defense is horrible. Right. So that that's somewhere he could go, but I think Bowman's going to lean towards somewhere where he can win, and that's going to be Oakland.
0: Mm, correct, and and um more defense here. Jonathan Hankins still available. Um, 26 years old, I mean, teams balking on this guy, I don't understand it. He,
1: to me, he hasn't shown much promise since 2014. He's he's shown a lot of regression since then. And he had injuries in 2015 that right. kept him out for most of the season. 2014 was obviously his shining moment. He's still 26, but he, ever since those injuries in 2015, he just hasn't returned to what he was in 2014. Right. And, and I know
0: that there are teams, uh, the lions are available in them. The Detroit lions, they'll, they'll be uh, testing them out. Hankins has also been uh, talking with the Redskins. I mean, he's going to get a big deal. That's, that's one thing. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, they signed him uh, a three year, $27 million deal in 2017. They released him after this season because he just didn't fit their scheme. as they claimed anyway, but a guy like Jonathan Hankins, you should be able to develop him. I think the Colts uh, did not only themselves a, a disservice, but they did Hankins a disservice as a player. I don't think that they um, that they uh, uh, did their jobs as uh, coaches, and, and to let a guy like that walk out the door is a travesty in itself. Um, he's just too good of a, a defensive tackle. He's the kind of guy that you can bring in and really work with to make into something special. And if you're looking for that project, he's the guy you go after. I agree. Yep. And um, now looking, going back to the uh, secondary market, we're looking at Eric Reed. Um, You, you and I. Uh,
1: young, 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 young.
0: Yep. 26 years old. Um, he had, he's had 318 tackles over his career. Um, I mean, 49ers, they love him. He's a free agent. They they said the contract. Or they said the the door is still open on him. Um, John Lynch has made that very clear over there in San Francisco. I, to me, you know, I I know you're saying that the door isn't closed in San Francisco, but how cracked is it?
1: To me, this is the this is the kind of player that goes and joins Bill Belichick.
0: Yep, uh, and I, I would I would think that that could be where he's headed. I mean, he's a young guy. He's 26 years old, and he's he's probably a little bit pissed, to be honest with you. I mean, if if I'm if I'm Eric Reed and I'm not signed to a contract at this point in time, and we're heading into draft day, then I'm going, "What in the hell are you doing? And why
1: am I, you know, the second choice to you guys?" No. Um, To to me, Eric Reed is the second best safety available on the board, but mm, not the first. Not the first. Because the first is next. There's next, and that's Kenny Vaccaro. Kenny, um, underperforming,
0: I think, would be the. He the has words.
1: underperformed, but he's been solid. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I don't think Vaccaro is awful, um, but I do think he has grossly underperformed, um, over the course of the last several years, and, uh, you know, something tells me that that. Um, Something tells me that Kenny Vaccaro's going to come on. He's going to get signed somewhere. Um, he's been around for a while. I
1: mean... But still young. He's 27.
0: Yeah, I mean... 27 years old. He's only had one defensive touchdown. He's had 30 pass deflections. He's only had seven sacks. He's been around for a minute. Um, he was picked up in 2013, which, I mean... We'll get to, to uh, uh, an issue with that draft in a minute here, but... Uh, is Kenny Vaccaro, um, uh, has he lived up to first round expectations? I think not no. Do, would I call him a bust. No, but is Kenny Vaccaro the guy you sign to uh, a humongous deal? I think you give him a prove it deal. And, and then if he performs, he turns 28, you give him three, maybe four more years and you move forward from there
1: i I know I agree on that it really depends on how he does these next couple seasons yep and
0: and the fact that he's floating around though and and there's a lot of teams out there that need safeties Tampa Bay needs one. I mean the fact that he's he's floating around in that situation is is just mind boggling
1: and Tampa has a cap
0: space too, yep, they do, and uh last but not least, our most recent free agent shocker yeah and and you know, I hate him. Uh, I know a majority of people hate him. Um, I think he's got a mouth on him, and I think he's a waste of time. Tyler just loves the hell out of this guy, and I don't understand
1: why. Um, It's because he's still young, and if you can get him with a veteran presence, he can be calmed down, maybe. But Des Bryant is still a great receiver. I don't think he's great. That's the thing. You, You look at a guy like Des Bryant.
0: You have this guy who's 29 years old. He hasn't broke a thousand in three years.
1: Um, and he's supposed to be an all star. And he's been but he's been under a quarterback who I consider to be iffy. Paxton Lynch,
0: uh or I'm sorry, not Paxton Lynch. Well Dak, Dak Prescott Jeez OP oh, Pete, I'm out of my out of my element right now. Dak Prescott is um uh he's not a bad quarterback. That's the thing. He he had a You know, he had a great opening season. I think his opening season was great, Um, you know, but it it was more an accuracy season than anything else. But he's an accurate quarterback, 67.8 completion percentage. Um, It dropped a little bit in 2017, 62.9, but still upper echelon. Um, He threw quite a few more interceptions than than his year prior. Uh, He threw nine more interceptions. Um,
1: So he had a little bit of sophomore slump. But back to Dez. Um, he's going to go to a team that he thinks he can win with. Right. Um, Obviously, um, he's wanting to play against Dallas because that's who Dez is. He's a loud mouth who just wants to just go and prove a point. Trouble with that is that all of the NFC East teams have said that they are not interested in Dez Bryant. It, and the only team that could is the Redskins, but they're kind of in rebuild mode. I, I mean, Alex Smith is a fine signing, but they're not going to do much damage. Right, and I don't think Des Bryant and Alex Smith are they're going to mesh very well. Des Bryant is not
0: worth, and a lot of people are saying, oh, he's already getting $8 million from Dallas. Well, I understand that, but Des Bryant is going to be asking double digits. He's, he's going to get about 8 to 10. And and people, people believe he's going to get 8 to 10. I think he's asking double digits. I think he's going to walk out with 12 to 13, and frankly, I don't think he's worth it. I, I see a guy that has had mediocre seasons, less than mediocre seasons for a guy who's supposed to be an all-star. Um, I don't buy him. And uh, I mean, d- does Des Bryant scream anything special to me? No. Des Bryant, he's a loud mouth. He yells and screams. He he reminds me a lot of, uh, oh, what's his face that came over to, to Dallas Roy. Um, oh, oh, Roy was, was a waste of time. I, you know, He's no different so, Dallas needs to go out, draft a receiver Dez Bryant needs to figure out What in the hell he's doing with his career He's 29 years old Time's ticking here Dez, you're in your prime You better get yourself a contract And you better get yourself a big one Because if you don't get that big contract Right here, right now, you're not getting signed
1: anywhere Especially with that mouth on you So here's five teams I think he can end up with Because he's going to go to a team he can win with And I think teams know they can They, they could try to turn him around and here's five teams. So, number one here, the Patriots. It's always an option for veteran receivers to go to. You've had Randy Moss go there, among others. It's always somebody I could bring bring him in. I mean, you, you come in under Bill Belichick, as much as I hate, hate the guy, Bill Belichick knows how to run a team. So it's somebody that could calm Des down. But here's four other teams that are ready to either make the playoffs or go even further than that that have the cap space. Yeah, the 49ers, who you really don't know what's going to happen with them, but they have the cap space, and they've made a lot of noise in the offseason.
0: They do. They need a
1: receiver. Then you have Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Green Bay, who are ready to make a Super Bowl push, have the cap space to do it, and could benefit from somebody like Dez if they can get him to calm down. Green Bay could be the team. Um, Minnesota
0: isn't going to need him now that they've re-signed Kendall Wright. Um, I, I now that they've signed Kendall Wright to to a one year deal, I don't I don't think they're gonna necessarily be even looking at Des Bryant at this point, especially with the Diggs feeling combo being as successful as it is. But we have to, to um I, I think you have to consider a team like Seattle. I, I think they're looking at receivers right now. Doug Baldwin is about the only positive thing they have going over there.
1: I could see I could see Seattle.
0: Yeah. Um so We're going to be going to a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We're going to have a word from our sponsor here, and then we will go into our NFL draft for our final part of our show. Um, Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am Woo Daddy. Scotty Freytown, baby. I thought you were fabulous. I am fabulous, but I like saying Woo Daddy. That's my favorite thing. And uh, we got one more thing planned for tonight before we uh, take this thing home. But um, we're, we're talking about the NFL Draft, baby. We are just under 48 hours away from the NFL Draft, and I am so stoked. It's like a holiday. It's like my
1: favorite day of the year. How about you? Uh, free agency is a bigger day for me free agent really really free agency i like the nfl that, draft. That first day free, even though it was ruined this year because so many teams were starting to quote unquote sign people before the opening of free agency i love the opening of free agency
0: yeah the, the amount in which and and that's something i think that that the nfl needs to start exploring is is rules to prevent teams from from signing players before free agency day actually starts um and, and that's one of my another one of my I like to call them football holidays but uh draft day is upon us here and there are teams that are looking to fill a lot of the holes in their their team um using the draft and and that's a very uh, obviously a very common thing to do teams build through the draft the Minnesota Vikings um uh, my boys are just the the poster children of uh filling uh uh their team up through the draft. They're, they're the poster child of that. And I don't think... I it, don't know if I'd say poster child. Well, if you take a look at, at how the Vikings have drafted over the course of the last several years, you're going to see... I mean, take a look. Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. Uh, you name them, they've signed them. Daniil Hunter, um, that they've built through the draft. Uh, Pat Elfline. But Delvin at the same Cook,
1: time, Stefan Diggs, my Adam boys, are are also really good at drafting, mostly defense. Mostly defense. They've, I, they've I, done, I think they've, <laughs> they've done they've done well in 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 trades as well. Like you have Tony Jefferson. Well, Tony Jefferson was a free agency pickup, right? He was a big free well, agent I, scoop. I, I stand I see. Corrected. They've they've done well in free agency pickups as well as the draft. But you have people like Terrell Suggs, who's been a, a a staple in the Ravens' defense, Terrell
0: Suggs is an old, old man. Though I, I mean, he's he's about to be seeing his way
1: out here. Isn't Who he? has over twice as many sacks as Ray Lewis? Yeah, uh, and and well, I mean, I think they both played uh,
0: linebacker a little bit differently. I, I believe that they yeah, were, we, and, and that's true. Completely because, different because, linebackers.
1: Because Ray Lewis is is the type of player. He's he's a middle linebacker, so I, I should be comparing him more to the new. Well, the future leader of of the defense, and that's C.J. Mosley. And Mosley, and they're working on the contract with him. Mosley's going to be a big deal, and but but then you have the the, the you have two players going into year two, and and that's that's Marlon Humphrey at corner, right. and 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 Tyus Bowser. Yeah, and I think you know you build your team through the draft. That's that's
0: what uh, teams should be doing at this juncture in time. Um, there are a lot of teams that have a lot of glaring team needs moving into the draft. And, and I believe that, that when you're, when you're, um, when you're looking at the, the top 10 of the NFL draft, you know, that these guys are going to be immediate day one starters. They're going to be the guys that, that are, are really taking a hold of those spots and, and running with them for a long, long time. And, um, we're we're going to be breaking down that that top 10 at least uh from my perspective I I know Tyler doesn't exactly agree with a lot of my my top 10 uh selections um I know he's not gonna anyway and and you know that's all right um but I I feel very confident that this is the way it's going to go um every year I do my NFL big board I'll be posting that on Facebook uh, I'll also be posting that on our um outside blitz uh Facebook page um so all you guys can see it. Uh, all our listeners out there can can really take a look at at what I'm writing out here. That'll be posted uh tomorrow night um before the draft and uh we're gonna have that thing squared away. So but um moving into the NFL draft, there are a lot of teams with several picks out there. There are a lot of teams in the top ten that could be trading down. You're gonna hear that a lot when I go through a lot of these these selections for the NFL draft. Um you're going to be talking uh, uh, a lot about the Buffalo Bills. I think that's the big wild card here is the Buffalo Bills because a lot of people don't know whether or not the Buffalo Bills are going to move up in this draft. The Bills have two draft picks le- uh, later in the draft, starting at number 12 and moving onward. The Bills are the team that could be moving up, and people need to start con- be concerning themselves with Buffalo. And for the first time, actually, and Tyler knows this just as well as I do, for the first time in a long time, we don't have to worry about Cleveland trading trading down so much as, as we do have to worry about the Bills trading up and moving up in the draft to get players. I hope you're accounting for Cleveland
1: because they always screw up your your big board.
0: Every year, Cleveland screws up the, the Scotty Freytown big board, and it drives me insane. So I'm hoping... That we're going to see something a little bit different, but I hope they screw you up. You no, know, I sure hope they don't. But uh, moving into the the NFL draft, Cleveland Browns they do have picks one and four, um, and and you know I for all the talk that we have been hearing about uh, Saquon Barkley, and for all the talk. That Tyler has been giving me about the Saquon Barkley character. You know what? I'm gonna burst your bubble right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it loud and I'm gonna say it proud. Saquon Barkley is not going number one in the NFL draft. Put your freaking swords away because it's
1: not happening. I will correct you after you get through Cleveland's second pick, and, and but I, I, I'll, I'll humor you for now and, and talk about what you got because I assume. That you are talking about, Cleveland taking Sam Darnold,
0: absolutely. He's the highest graded quarterback in the draft. I mean, this is this is one that Cleveland cannot afford to screw up on. They they can't. You have drafted so many corners throughout the or so I'm sorry, I am sorry, quarterbacks. What so many quarterbacks throughout the course of the last few years. So when you are drafting a QB and they tank, I mean, take a look at the QBs they've taken. It, Cleveland loves to take quarterbacks that are are you know uh projects or or guys that that aren't first day starters. They should be taking day one starters, guys that they know are going to fill that void on their team so that they can move forward and the Cleveland Browns have to take time to
1: develop those quarterbacks. And there is the potential if they did draft a quarterback just to humor you on this I, I think you're taking a quarterback in, in between one and four. I just don't think it's at one, but I think you're talking about for the first time ever, Cleveland realizing that you can't just throw a young kid out there. I think you're talking about Tyrod Taylor st- at least starting the year, no matter who they draft, and just to, to try to. And Tyrod Taylor's not 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 the be all end quarterback, and that's why he's not going to be the the ultimate starter. But he, but it's enough. To where you can get a young quarterback, whether it's Darn Darnold or or Rossen or or Mayfield or whoever, right? Um, to sit behind Tyrod for at least a half a season, maybe a whole season, because Cleveland's more than one year away from being a a threat, right? And and the big thing
0: about about Cleveland to me is is you're going to have Cleveland. They've kind of come to their senses a little bit you you've got the Cleveland Browns team and they've it finally hit them right in the face like a ton of bricks. Oh my lord. What have we been doing all these years? We suddenly have a situation where Cleveland is going, "Hey, Tyrod Taylor is just like Case Keenum. He's going to be our bridge guy. He's going to build our next big thing." And it's smart. It's a smart move and and Sam Darnold is going to wind up being that next big thing. And I understand there's there's a few, you know, concerns when it comes to Darnold he, he he has 20 interceptions over 20 games and his wind-up takes a while when he throws the football he's not like Rivers or Marino where they can just like I mean just sling it but Darnold is a complete quarterback he's the most complete quarterback in the draft he's definitely going to be a pro bowl talent long term whoever takes him and um you know well ball security is a problem he has enough talent to really take Cleveland out of the, you know the the depths here and bring them to the promised land, and I, I think that 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 is what you're going to see. You're going to see Sam Darnold going number one overall, and and Cleveland is not finally finally after the the Johnny Manziel project and and every other project they've had over this last you know 15 years. You're finally going to see see Cleveland get one right. And Sam Darnold's going to be that guy.
1: You know the old saying, well not old saying, it's a, it's a quote from a movie. Stupid is as stupid does. Yeah. Forrest Gump. <laughs> one of the greatest movies of all time. But Cleveland is what Cleveland does.
2: Mm. And
1: I think they're going Barkley oh. as, as number one pick. That's a mess. That's a mess. And, and I, I hope that they don't,
0: for Cleveland's sake, I hope they don't. I don't know how much more that 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 fan base can take, but I'm really hoping that they don't. Um, hey, they've gone this far;
1: they can go an eternity,
0: right? And and the only reason I really don't think Barkley's going to wind up going to Cleveland is because they made the move on Carlos Hyde. I believe that that a guy like like uh, uh, Saquon Barkley is is going to be selected um, with the number two pick, and and I think the New York Giants if if they're not trading down. Um, the Giants, you know, they're going to take Saquon Barkley at number two. And a lot of people think the Giants are going quarterback. A lot of people say quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. They need to start looking at the future. But they've been very vocal that the 36 year old Eli Manning can still perform, he can still go. We, we've been hearing that, you know, narrative for a long time. Can Eli Manning still play the game? Can Eli Manning still be a, a, a viable quarterback in this league? And I believe he can.
1: I think he can too, as much as I dislike Eli. Right. Uh, he can still play, I mean they're they're working out the contract details with with Beckham. Right. And where that goes is anybody's guess. It's 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 up in the air right now.
0: Right. And and when you're looking at at the New York Giants, when you're looking at um uh you know the way they could trade down, um if if Saquon Barkley falls to them and they're not trading down, then they're taking Saquon Barkley. My thing comes in where if they do trade down, and let's say they do trade down with the Buffalo Bills, and and they're going to try and make a move on a, a, a Darius Juice at, at that point, and and that way they get their running back, and they can still go out and get their quarterback because I think we all realize and we all understand that in New York that Orleans Darkwa is just not the guy in New York. <laughs> <Absolutely laughs> do not. I don't think he's the guy. Um, but if you if you you know, look at Saquon Barkley combined with a player like Shane Vereen as your change of pace back. I, I think that that there's, it's almost unstoppable, and that backfield becomes something special again, the way it was during the Super Bowl years.
1: And before we leave, this number two pick because Barkley is listed as the number one overall player, right? Do you think that Barkley can be as good as Elliott? I don't think Saquon Barkley
0: is as good as as Ezekiel Elliott. I think Ezekiel Elliott is the perfect combination of size and speed. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of talent. Elliott is a completely different animal than a guy like Saquon Barkley. Now, that's not to say that Barkley can't be great in this league, because I think he's going to wind up being great. Anytime you see a running back and they're drawing comparisons to Barry Sanders, you know that that running back is going to be great as long as he stays healthy. But is he better... Than Ezekiel Elliott, I think Ezekiel Elliott is is
1: it's a rare he's a rarity right he's a total package and and so 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 is uh, Fournette
0: right like I like Leonard Fournette except Leonard Fournette has the injury issues that I'm not a big fan of
1: which could go away he had the he had the little injury patch there but it doesn't mean it's gonna stick
0: yep absolutely and and um staying in New York um when we're talking New York. Uh, we got to go over to the Jets. Jets have the number three overall pick. Um, I'm going quarterback here, Josh Rosen.
1: That I I agree with going quarterback.
0: Yep, and and Josh Rosen uh, from UCLA. I mean, Josh McCown is not the starting quarterback in the Jets system in in New York at all. Period. And Josh McCown is a guy. I it's been confused. He's been a dilemma to me. It's been confusing to me how any team looks at Josh McCown and says, This guy is a starter. He's what, thirty-seven now? But he's he's done decent. I, I like you can I mean decent he Decent I mean it's I mean it's He came out for the the declining Jay Cutler experience over in Chicago and and he had one good year over there and everybody just lost their minds and suddenly he's getting signed to these monster contracts that I I mean I'm Scratch in my head. I think everybody recognizes Josh McCown is not the answer. I think people realize that Teddy Bridgewater has a ton of
1: question marks um when it comes to his knee. But could he be the guy? It's possible. He has a lot to prove still. Before he got hurt, Bridgewater showed that he could be the guy. But ever since coming back from the injury, he 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 came in for a little while in Minnesota and his first play was an interception. Right. And and you've seen
0: I mean any, every interview that Teddy Bridgewater has had, he's been so tongue in cheek about uh, about this knee injury. What does this knee injury mean? How does this knee injury affect me? Is it still hurt? Is it degenerative? Nobody knows. So he's he's being so quiet about the whole thing and I, it it makes you just look like he wants that that 5 million or 15 million or whatever the hell he's making over there. He he wants that money. That's all well and good, but is he going to be better than than a guy like Josh Rosen? I don't think so. I, Josh Rosen, he's the most pro-ready quarterback in the draft. Um he's a good pocket passer and and he has a um he has a good completion percentage. He's he's got uh uh he, he's got a a few issues when it comes to arm strength and deep passes. But I I mean he he's going to be a good, strong pocket passer in this league, and you know as well as I do, pocket passers survive in the NFL. Running quarterbacks do not, and that's why I believe that that Josh Rosen is going to wind up going to the New York Jets. Now, if we're talking um, quarterbacks, I mean, everybody wants to believe that that you know a guy like maybe uh, Josh Allen could go here too and that's a possibility. I mean the Jets do have a tendency to reach on certain guys but I don't think there's they're going to want to do you know create any room for error here. Rosens the guy.
1: But if Rosens the most pro ready quarterback why
0: isn't Cleveland taking him at 1? He's the most pro ready quarterback but I believe that Sam Darnold is the guy. He's the highest graded in the draft. He's got um the the measurables, he's got the size. He's got a great arm. He's got better accuracy um, than a guy like Rosen uh, from the deep ball. Honestly, I think Darnold's the guy. Um, Rosen has been talked about being linked to Cleveland at certain junctures in time. um, But I I think they're going to make the move on Darnold all around. Um, Moving into number four, Cleveland. They're going to take... A guy to compliment Miles Garrett, and they're going to go out and they're going to pick up Bradley Chubb, the defensive end out of uh, NC State,
1: to build a defense. that's to, Already young and ready to become the next hot defense. Yep,
0: and that's exactly what they're going to do. They they love the pass rush, um, they they love the run stopping that, and you got basically this is going to be the next you know Mathis Freeney combination. I mean that's that's what you're looking at. Um, this guy, he's an athlete. He's a straight-up athlete. Uh, he, he can make tackles in the backfield. Um, he comes off the line really fast. You know, he plays a little top-heavy, but, I mean, outside of that, i he's a good, quick, nasty defensive end, and he's going to do great things in Cleveland. If he gets drafted at number four, I guarantee you the Cleveland Browns defense is just going to be outright scary. I mean, they're already scared right now. Or scary right now with, with uh Miles um, Garrett, but I mean, if you're looking to make this this defense a uh, uh, top defense, that's the route you gotta go. And and Miles Garrett's gonna be, they're gonna have two really young guys and they're both just super athletes. So I, I'm pretty
1: excited about that move. So a quick little cutoff here, just to, just the way I kind of view the top four. I, I, I still think that Cleveland's gonna balk at quarterback and go Barkley. I believe that Giants are still kind of convinced that Webb is their next big thing at quarterback. You really think Webb
0: is I, there? I
1: don't think he is, but I think Giants realize they they drafted him last season, and and I think that they're going to go with that. And I and so I think that your boy Darnold's going to go at three at at to Jets, so they're going to get lucky grabbing him at three. It's and then I think Cleveland's going to then take Rosen at four and that could very well
0: be Cleveland needs
1: it they're going to draft a quarterback
0: I, I think we're absolutely we're,
1: we're dead set on them getting a quarterback I, I think I think they're going to take the risk of there being enough quarterbacks going early that they're going to balk at one and wait till four
0: and while this this draft class is deep at the quarterback position and, and it is it's very very deep you're, you're looking at a quarterback class that, I mean, this draft has, is um, second only to the 2013 draft in terms of talent um, or, or lack thereof in this case. The 2013 draft lacked talent. This draft, it, it doesn't necessarily lack talent. There's a very deep quarterback class, though, and the fall-off rate as far as the talent goes is not very quick. You're going to find a lot of guys second round. You're going to find a lot of guys third round that are still going to be day one starters from this draft. does it necessarily mean that they're, they're um, super talented fellas. No, they're just the next guys coming out that, that are going to be great. Um, But I I see, I, I, I mean, Cleveland's going with a quarterback with one or four pick. They could trade down to Buffalo, but I don't think I don't think Cleveland wants to
1: waste that. Um, um, Cleveland, even though we joke around about them trading their picks, Cleveland will be making a selection with both their one and four pick. Right, and I don't think they can. They, you know, they're not going to screw it up. They can't screw it
0: up. Really, no, you can't go wrong. You're right. And um, going into number five, you get you got the Denver Broncos. Um, I understand that they've they've selected Case Keenum uh, in free agency. That's fine. They got him to the two year deal, but I, I think we have to understand what Case Keenum is, and he's a bridge quarterback. I, I don't think we're going to see anything else out of Case other than him being a bridge quarterback. Case Keenum will be the bridge quarterback to the
1: next Denver Broncos selection, Josh Allen, the quarterback out of Wyoming. And I and I agree. I think I think John Elway know like, it's only a two year deal for Keenum, and I think John Elway knows that. That Keenum will get him by for a while, and and you, you've seen as quarterbacks that get drafted, if you put them behind somebody for a season or two, it works out well. Aaron right. Rodgers is the definition of
0: that. Yeah, and and guys like I mean I don't know that Keenum is that guy for him to learn under, but the interesting thing about it is is you see the same thing, um, kind of going on in New Orleans. I think New Orleans recognizes that they could select a quarterback later on uh in the first round or the second round, and they could get away with that guy sitting behind a character like Drew Brees and building himself behind Drew Brees. So does it necessarily um uh uh hurt Denver to to draft Josh Allen right now and, and put him behind Case Keenum? It could make him a great quarterback. They're taking a little bit of a risk at what Keenum knows and how much Keenum understands uh, uh traditional pro- and professional football systems. Um and Allen, I think he's gonna do really well in a place like Denver. He he's played outdoors, um he he has experience in tough weather. Uh I mean he's he's a big boy. I mean you you know as well as I do. Denver likes those big bodied quarterbacks. Um, yes they do. Yep, yeah, they love guys like like the t and the Osweilers and whatever else. Um and and they even though Josh Allen doesn't have very high completion percentages, uh you know, he's he's got a 56% completion rate. Um same time if you look at their quarterbacks over the course of the last several years that have been successful the completion rate hasn't been very high you know so does it necessarily mean Denver won't take him i think Denver's just staring this guy down and and they know that he's coming their way and they're going to walk out with him um and
1: now we're moving over to number 6 i uh, if you don't say that they're taking offensive line i'm i'm going to just Say your list isn't worth. It. <laughs> well, uh, well, you're in luck. Um, Quentin
0: Nelson, um, Indianapolis Colts at number six. They're taking Quentin Nelson, the offensive guard from Notre
1: Dame. Couldn't agree more. Andrew Luck needs help yeah. the offensive line. Oh yeah, and, and he he can't stay healthy, and it's not his fault. It's just they won't keep him protected, and this is it's the same problem that Green Bay has. Yep. Indianapolis. they one
0: interesting thing about Indianapolis, they made the the re-signing of Jack Muhort um over the offseason I loved it I think it's a great signing um and it was a real cheap kind of prove it deal it's a one-year deal they've made a couple deals for guards um and and that's all well and good but they got to go and get Quentin Nelson involved uh I I think that's the guy that's gonna gonna kind of save the day um for them on that offensive line he's a real big bodied guy he's got a great punch uh I mean he's good in both pass and run protection um he's, he's excellent. I, the, the, he's the top rated guard in the draft. Um, you know, he's got a few hand problems as far as, uh, um, when he comes off the line, really, really attacking the defenders. But I mean, he, he's a fast dude. He, he, uh, he knows how to mirror pretty well. I, I like him a lot. I, I think that this guy is the perfect uh, compliment in that way. You know, of the two offensive guards that the Colts signed, they signed this one first round, they put him in the mix, and they let him rock. And um, I I think that's without a doubt the the smartest move that they could make with that inside guard. Um, And uh, moving on to Tampa. Tampa Bay, they have so many spots to fill. I mean, this team is just...
1: Mostly defense.
0: Mostly defense, but... I mean, if you really look at them, they're they're pretty ravaged. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay has been has been decimated this offseason. I mean, guys leaving and guys retiring and guys taking off. I mean, you think that they're going to go uh, uh, after a corner in the in the draft, which it could very well be, but they just signed Brent Grimes to a one year deal, so there's a question there. I personally think they're going to fill that void at safety. And uh the main reason is is uh Minka Fitzpatrick at number 7 uh the safety from Alabama he's too good to pass up. He he's one of the top rated players in the draft as a whole, so it's almost a, ve- a best available type of move, but he has great coverage skills. He's he's an all-around type of safety.
1: It's best available but also as I, as I mentioned earlier is Tampa needs a safety. They're they're in the market for a safety, and Mika Fitzpatrick is a perfect fit. So it's best available, and it's exactly what they need.
0: Right. And and one thing about Tampa that that struck me when I was looking over their defense defensively, they were very very good against run defense. So so it it made me wonder what do they actually need? What does the what who what does Tampa Bay actually need defensively? Well, they were number ten in pass defense. So that's a pretty steep drop from number one to number ten. Number one run defense, number ten pass defense. So, to me, you add a guy that can help your pass defense, but at the same time, can do both. He can he can do a, a good job in against the run defense. He can do a good job against pass defense. A lot of people are are screaming, you know, Derwin James, who who actually was was ranked higher than than uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, to me. I I see Derwin James as kind of a one-trick pony. I see him as a guy that that is great in run defense and run stopping, but I mean that's about all you got for him. So to me, you're looking at Minka Fitzpatrick. He's the guy that's going to go
1: um, before Derwin James does. <clears throat> no, I, no, I agree. Uh, Fitzpatrick is a is a better fit for what Tampa needs, and 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 they're going and they're going to draft accordingly.
0: Yeah, and uh, it it's not a, a stupid move here. I mean you you're you're gonna gonna take the second ranked, you know, the second ranked safety in this draft, but you're gonna get away with something here that a lot of people aren't gonna see. So, um, and then uh, moving on to the number eighth pick, we got the Chicago Bears. I've got them taking Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, and that's and that's
1: screaming protecting your assets. Oh yeah, um, Trubisky is their guy. That's gonna be their future quarterback. Well, future and present quarterback. And you have to keep them safe.
0: Right. And and a lot of the stuff, you know, you read about McGlinchy. Uh one thing that really kinda caught my my eye was how nitpicky a lot of the scouts are about McGlinchy. Um, you know, they they hoot and holler about piddly little things, you know. Um you know, he the, he he they they treat him like he he has um issues with timing. He he's his initial punch when he comes off the line, he's not He's not too great. You know, to me, this guy, is he has great leadership qualities. He's, he's a right tackle, which they need. You know, he doesn't really play left tackle. He's particular to the right tackle position. He gets away with working the right tackle position. He, he's great in mirroring, um, pass blocking. I mean, to me, this is the guy you look at. You look at a guy who fills the positional need. You need a right tackle, he's particular to it. That's what he loves to do. So when you stuck him in left tackle he wasn't as successful. This guy's a right tackle. He fills the need, he fills the spot, he gets the job done. It's the smart move and it makes total sense for the Bears.
1: No, I I like this pick a lot. They, I mean like, like I said you you have to protect your quarterback and and they they need a tackle particularly at right. And this, this is the right move for them, especially at number 8. This is this is the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And um number 9 uh, we're
0: looking at the San Francisco 49ers. You got uh Raquan Smith, the outside linebacker from Georgia. Um I love this kid. I, I think he's just a freak of nature all the way around. Um, I've watched a lot of tape on him. Um and, and, and you're just you watch him and you know, a lot of a lot of people are saying the liners are the Niners are going inside linebacker. You know, the the Niners, they just need linebackers. And that's what they need. They they just need overall linebackers. And Smith gives the run support. Um, He plays in coverage. He's an all-around type of linebacker. And that's exactly what the Niners need, especially with their defense. Um, Losing a guy like Navarro Bowman, you need a guy that can do everything. He plays well in zone. He plays well in man. He tackles in the trenches. He applies pressure to the quarterback. He's he's a little undersized. I mean, that's all you're really looking at. He and but from an upside standpoint, realistically, he has more upside than any other linebacker in this draft.
1: Is Raquan Smith? I, I agree. His upside is there, but I but you can't argue that you could see San Fran going to Tremaine Ed- Edmonds. Yeah, I agree, and and
0: you know a lot of people are
1: talking Tremaine Edmonds as inside linebacker. I don't necessarily
0: have a problem with that move. I I think either one works for them, but if you're looking for a guy that, that um, can do it all, I think you're looking more so toward Raquan Raquan Smith than you are. Tremaine Edmonds and Edmonds, you know, he grades higher, you know, according to a lot of the scouts, I I think the big problem you're, you're talking about with Tremaine Edmonds go, and I've got him going at number 10 to Oakland, by the way, Tremaine Edmonds, Um, he, he fills the need for Oakland, which is great. Um, he's the sixth highest graded player in the draft. Um, he's great at pass rushing and run stopping. He's an inside kind of line guy, a linebacker. He's a guy that really attacks in the trenches. Really speedy. I love what he does, and and I think he's going to go to Oakland. As long as he falls to Oakland, he's going to go to Oakland. Um, Oakland finished with the twenty first um, in rush defense last season. So when you're when you're talking a guy like Tremaine Edmonds, and you see what he can do in run coverage. You see a guy. I, I see a guy anyway that that is perfect for their for their uh, uh, current situation. He's not going to be a great pass defender. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna stack him up against a linebacker. You're gonna stack him up against a running back. But you're not about to take him and drop him against a receiver the way you, you are a guy like Raquan Smith. Personally, I think Raquan Smith is the better of the two. But realistically, Edmonds is the guy that will stop the run. And he will come in. He will apply pressure to your quarterbacks. He's he's a bum-rushing kind of guy, the, kind of the way that, that a Clay Matthews is. And, um, I, I mean, I like him a lot. He's a super athlete. I, I <laughs> But he could be a... Um, a liability when you have him dropping into coverage um, in the long term, but he'll be a perfect fit for the Raiders down the
1: line. I I can agree with that, but I I still think that there's a chance that San Fran goes with Edmonds and and then if that happens, Oakland will take Smith. Yeah, I mean, and like I think you're you're talking about potential flip flopping those two,
0: right? And and it could be flip flopped. I mean, San Fran has been. If San Fran is looking at this, I think uh, from a strictly a number standpoint, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, lights up your eyes real quick. From um, I mean, but if you're if you're really delving into which quarterback suits you well enough. Smith linebacker. is the guy, or I'm sorry, with alignment. I don't know why I'm all over the place today. Raquan is the guy for the Niners. Um, which which outside linebacker uh, uh, supports, um, which linebacker supports your system? The Niners should be all over Raquan Smith right now, and and I, I don't, I can see that. And and you you got to kind of delve into the scouting reports. Does he fit your system better than Tremaine Edmonds? At the end of the day, Raquan Smith does. So that's kind of what I'm looking at there, and I, I think that that Edmonds is going to slide a little bit based on being kind of a, a one-trick pony kind of guy.
1: So before we, we end we end it for the day here, I'm, I'm going to do a quick little uh, shotgun through some around the league news here. Um, so there's been some talk about Des returning to Dallas for for a smaller contract, and but but today uh, Jerry, Jerry Jones did shut down that that is likely not to happen that the, the Des Bryant project in Dallas has is not going to continue. Yeah, it's reached its end there. Um in in Cleveland, um they're actually talking about they're not ruling out someone that it wasn't wasn't even in your top 10 and that's Mayfield. They're talking about Mayfield at number 1. That's and that's
0: to me it's crazy talk. I I think Baker Mayfield he's he's graded out less than a lot of the guys that I put in the top 10. I don't think Baker Mayfield is is the kind of guy. I think he'll be a first day starter. But if you see him go anywhere, I mean, you'll see that in in my article later on. But he's going to be going real real late in that first round.
1: It, it he's somebody that I could see somebody like a uh, a Baltimore and say, you know what, the receivers just aren't what we want in the first round. So you know what, screw it. We'll take Mayfield to sit <laughs> behind Joe for a, for a few years. You could even see him going to New Orleans. New Orleans would be another option too if he goes if he goes that late. Absolutely. Um to kind of talking about so a lot of these first rounders, a lot of these rookies they um at the end of their contract that that, that last year they can they can choose the team can choose to pick up on their contracts. Right. The, the last year tends to be an optional thing. So the, the uh Dolphins are going to be picking up on Devontae Parker's fifth year, which is a no-brainer. They just lost Landry and Parker's been a great number two to Landry. For sure. It'll be interesting to see what he does without him being there. No, no but, doubt. But I, I like Devontae Parker. I like Devontae Parker, too. I think he's fantastic. The the Rams are going to be grabbing Gurley's fifth-year option, to surprise to no one, um, it, but as well as Marcus Peters, which is also not a surprise. Those are two very good players. Gurley is a phenomenal player. We're, we're talking about those franchise running backs. You're talking about Gurley and... Elliot right. and Fournette. Those those are the guys. Um, the uh, there's one more here. The uh, where was it? I had it on my list here. Uh, oh yeah, another no brainer here is the Titans are are grabbing Mariota's fifth year. Shocker. No, Mariota is their future. He's proven that he is on the rise. Um, that's he's going to be the guy to help Titans get to the promised land of of getting back to the playoffs and further. Yep. So, going kind of going forward here, the, 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 the Chargers' seventh overall pick from last season, Mike Williams. Not to be confused with Mike Williams from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he was hurt last year, but he's almost to the point where he's healthy and he's ready to get back to the field and do what he does. Um, so, there is a rumor out there that the Bills were talking about trading the Giants for that number two pick. We, we talked about that briefly during yes. during the draft here. But um, what they're talking about is that's likely not to happen, and I don't think it's going to happen. And if you're if you're trading up to the number two pick, you're talking about grabbing quarterback. But I, I honestly feel that the Bills are going to give AJ McCarron that opportunity to be the guy.
0: If the Bills wind up giving AJ McCarron the opportunity, um, you know you're you're going to be seeing a a Buffalo Bills team that that. I mean, it's taking a huge risk. I mean, AJ McCarron is not the guy in Buffalo. I don't think anybody really truly feels that AJ McCarron is the guy in Buffalo. And and to me, you know, if the Bills were, were to do anything, they should be or are to do anything. They have two draft picks in the first round. They should be drafting a quarterback in the first round.
1: So going forward here, so the Giants are actually talking about trading Eric Flowers, offensive tackle.
0: It would be a, a very confusing move. You know, you, Eric Flowers is, is a, actually, you know, he's a, a great offensive lineman. He's had a little bit of regression over the past few years. But, I mean, d- does Eric Flowers um, make or break your, your Giants offensive line? And I think the answer there is yes. You know, you're going to have Eli
1: Manning go down, and next thing you know, that team's going to be really really rough. No, I I agree 100% when when you have a quarterback who's how old is he? 36, 38, 37? Oh, yeah. he's, he's 36 years old. Um what you don't do is you don't take away his protection.
0: Absolutely not. Because you a quarterback
1: time. that age um in I'm looking at, I'm looking at you Tom Brady and Big Ben one play can end it. Yep. One play gets rid of you. And and Eli is at that point in his career where one play can end it. So I got two little last ones here. Um, there's questions around if Brandon Marshall's career is is truly over now that the Giants have let him go. It's possible. Then there's a chance that somebody gives him an opportunity. But if he if if he does get an opportunity, it's going to be for a very small contract, and he'll be there just as a veteran in presence. He's been Brandon Marshall's been around a long time, and he's he's been the guy, but I think he's he's just about done.
0: No, he is done. Um, last time Brandon Marshall was relevant, well, I mean, I will say 2015 when he put up 1,500 yards, but, I mean, 2016, 788, 2017, 154, I don't see him being a presence any further.
1: You remember when he challenged Antonio Brown to who have a better season? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was rough. And lastly here, to me, I, I'm not surprised this is happening, but I know – that it was in talks. Rob Gronkowski will be returning for 2018. I know there's some, some rumors that he might retire, but at least for this season, that is not going to happen. Now Gronk, I I don't know. I mean, I understand like injuries have taken a toll
0: on him and, and it doesn't probably help that he's been hopping in a WWE ring, but uh, I think Rob Gronkowski is the kind of guy where he's going to want to play as long as he can. And as long as the money's right, He'll be around, and he'll be sticking around in New England.
1: Absolutely. So that's going to be the end of our show. We will be back next week as we were going to talk about the results of the draft as well as all the draft grades, and we're going to break down the schedule that just got released a few days ago and many more things. So I hope you all stay tuned to next week as Scotty Freightown and Tyler Dean discuss it all
0: yep and on right here on the outside blitz we just want to take a quick moment i wanted to thank our uh, our producer the one and only jordan scavone thank you so much for all of your hard work you are awesome and uh hopefully we'll see you next time here on the outside blitz